fight We don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode 96, and my guest this time around is a very accomplished stand-up comedian who is known to many as the king of crowd work, and rightfully so. But before we get into it, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you would prefer an audio-only version, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and other places like that. If you're listening to me on one of those platforms, though, and you didn't realize there was a visual side to this show, please come check it out here on YouTube. If you do come over to this side of things, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe. You obviously don't have to, but it helps me to keep growing this channel and I love connecting with new people. So if this is your first time stopping in or you're a longtime fan of the show, thank you so much for the support. If you want to reach out to me, maybe with a cool guest idea or some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up on social media or send me an email at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Let me know if you have interest in one of these holofoil stickers with the show's logo and I'll mail you one free of charge. Another thing we have to mention again is the live 100th episode that we're doing. We finally have some details for you. It's going to be Tuesday, July 11th at Yuck Yucks, Ottawa's uh, West End location. Christina Mjolberger is going to be there, as we mentioned uh, last episode. But now we have locked in Derek Sange as well, uh, who we've wanted on this show for quite some time. I know my dad's my dad's a very big fan of his as well. So uh, that's huge. And we can't wait for that. So more details to come as they develop. But that's what we know for now. Now, back to the guest, the man of the hour, as I often say, very excited to have you here. You've got two specials on Amazon Prime. You've got a new one that just dropped called, I'm sorry, I'm not Kevin Hart, which is a great name for a special. Thank you. You've got a wicked special on Dry Bar Comedy, which if you haven't seen that, like stop watching this podcast, pause this, put a pin in it, go watch that and then come back because it's phenomenal, really mind blowing stuff. And uh, you're touring constantly. I was looking at your tour dates and I could not believe how many cities and how many dates you're hitting. I think I counted 66 between February and the beginning of July, which is just bananas to me. Uh, it's Jeff Leeson. Thank you so much for stopping in. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And you're doing a show uh, tomorrow night at the Brass Monkey. Unfortunately, when this goes up on YouTube, that date will already have passed, but I'll try to... What a time we had. Yeah, what there you go. Yeah, we'll talk about it was. retroactively. That was, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite crowds. Boy, Ottawa was fantastic that night. Except for that one guy. Yeah, that one guy was a real... Can I swear on this? Oh, yeah. yeah piece yeah. of shit. He was a real piece of shit, that guy. <laughs> God damn. Fucking we had to Tom. get him out. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. What he did outside, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When he was, took his pants off. Oh, my God. Like, for no who reason. Who does that? Why, why take your pants off? I understand you're upset. We had to kick you out of the show, but there's no need to take your pants off and do that in the parking oh, lot. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, you know. That one and for woman him to come back screaming. in without pants on, I mean, <laughs> crazy. Just dick flopping around. Um, yeah, that was huge. That was unbelievable how how uh, that grew. You know, that seemed to grow in real time. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was unbelievable. You should have been there. Yeah, yeah, should have been there. <laughs> uh, speaking of there. Ottawa, I actually want to know if you have any fond or notable memories from Ottawa. I know you're from London, Ontario, so I have to imagine you've been here before. Yeah, the most fond memory I have is the most recent show I did there. This this guy took his pants off when he went outside. <laughs> well, didn't we just go over this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no. Okay, second uh, craziest memory or fondest memory of Ottawa. Yeah, of Ottawa. I'm trying to think. I've only been here. Um, I I don't know. Maybe f five, six total shows. Like, so I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any like. You never came here as a youth for to see the Parliament buildings or any of that shit. 
No. <laughs> no. They're not that interesting. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm trying to, no, we would go to Toronto was our, the furthest like trip we took, but no, I, I've never, I've never been a politic person or interested or, you know what I mean? Well, so, we get labeled as kind of the city that fun forgot a lot of the time. That what forgot? Yeah. That came out weird. Fun. Oh, that fun forgot. Yeah. Really? I've always found Ottawa fun. No. Well, that's refreshing to hear. Yeah, we're, we kind of have a reputation for being the people who sit during concerts and everything's closed down early, kind of. I, I mean, at least in compa- what uh, are you comparison to, do to during a concert. You're there to listen. Well, sit stand the, up, dance, uh, no, sit the get the into fuck it. Down. See, you're not obnoxious. <laughs> You'd fit in well here. Yeah, I would love it here. I would love to see people sitting. There's nothing worse when you're at a concert trying to sit and enjoy the show. Some asshole is up in front of you. If I'm at like a a concert here, if it's outdoor, like blues fest or something, I feel like I want to be up moving around, really feeling the music. But if it's like an arena show, I would, I would agree with you. Yeah. See, if you're sitting at a, I love it. Yeah. Love what you're doing here. (laughs) Well, I want to talk to you about how you got into comedy because I was really, really impressed and kind of flabbergasted to read that you started at 14 years old, (laughs) I did. which is, and and by the time you finished high school, you were already like full time into comedy basically. Right. Um, I, I try right after high school, I did give it an attempt full time, um, and booked like a little mini tour for the summer, but it wasn't really full time because I wasn't able to sustain it right away. I was only 18 or 19. So yeah, I had to have like other jobs and yeah, you know, pay stuff that like well that. until you're no, it's still doesn't really pay that well. I mean, it's, you know, this is not a, this is not, if you're looking like for a lot of money, <laughs> not everyone's going to be a Burt Kreischer or whatever. Certainly. No, 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 face no. on a bus. Um, absolutely not. So yeah, it's, um, it, it was, it was like, yeah, right after high school, I was making a little bit of money, but it wasn't till, I don't know, maybe like, 10 years ago that I was like full-time, full-time where it was, I didn't have to do anything else. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, when you were at that young age though, 14, 15, whatever, how did you even get into comedy clubs or were you doing it at other places? Like, no, my mom would take me. So my, my mom would basically, uh, pick me up after school and there was nothing really going on in London at the time. So we had to travel. So we would go to Hamilton, Niagara Falls, Toronto, um, where else? We, we went a bunch of places, but she would pick me up. We would go like grab a bite to eat, you know, whatever, and then hit the road, get somewhere by six or seven or whatever, do the show and then drive home. And, you know, she would go to work the next day and I would go to school the next day. It wasn't every night, but it was consistently until I could drive on my own. You weren't like worried you wouldn't get in sometimes go on these treks and then get there and they'd say, sorry, this kid's not allowed in here. Cause we got, no, we would and... call ahead. We would oh, call okay, ahead. Two things. One, I always looked a little bit older than I was. So the odds of me getting questioned were very slim, but I would call ahead and then my mom would, you know, get on the phone Chaperone or you and... whatever she had to do to be like, don't worry. I'm, you know, I'm with them and I agree. <laughs> he can go in. I mean, the, I can just think about myself at 14 and I did some public speaking for school and stuff, but I never would have had the balls to go to like a bona fide comedy club. And yeah, I, I didn't actually go to clubs until I was 16. The, the, still f- the 14, like starting at 14 was like, okay, what happened was my, I told my mom, this is what I want to do. And, 
and she was she had seen she had been to a comedy club and saw somebody just get like crazy heckled to the mm. point where she was like I can't let you do this if this is a possibility you're far too young for this yeah so she said but if this is what you want to do uh, let's do our own show we'll invite friends and family and your hockey teammates and your coaches and you know all that kind of stuff and we'll throw our own show you can test out what you want to try and if this is for you we can work towards someday you know going to a comedy club or doing an amateur night or whatever so mm. she really that that was the first time i did like two of those maybe three of those between 14 and 15 along with some other like talent show type little situations at school and something happened on the third one where somebody heckled me and I just like, it didn't phase me and I was able to deal with it. And my mom was like, okay, well, if you can handle hecklers, then let's try, um, like a club. Yeah. Cause if she sees you handle yourself in that situation, she might've had a shift like, okay, this could actually be confidence building to let him do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She, she also knew that it was a, you know, a, a dream of mine to do. And she didn't want to be the one to be like, no, she yeah. didn't want to just flat That's out. That's a good say, mom. No. Yeah. She is amazing. Is your mom she, still with us? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's not with us here. Well, no, 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 but, but I don't know. No, wouldn't I didn't that be crazy her. if you're like, is she still with us? And she's I'm like, no. Trump. And you're like, actually <laughs> Betty Leeson, everybody. Um, no, she, yeah, no, she, my mom's the greatest and my, I would be absolutely nowhere. I would never have done comedy if it wasn't for my mom. I probably, if she said no, I probably would have just been like, yeah, you're right. It's dumb. That's a dumb thing to think. And I'd be, I don't even know what right now. And, uh, so, and she's done way more than that throughout the years. Like just, you know, financially when you're in tight spots or if I needed stuff, like she always had your back always, man. Like it was, yeah, she, she's the best and still is. I mean, she's the, the greatest, uh, probably the greatest human I've ever met or. Well, that's know. really amazing of you at that age to already have such a clear view on what you want to do and, and the dream you want to chase. Yeah. I, you know, she, my mom thought it was a total phase. I mean, she would, you know, she would at that time, she would be like, I don't want to talk you out of this, but also this will pass. Like, this is just something you want to do. Cause you have you're a backup plan. Maybe. 14. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, she just over, it probably honestly wasn't until I was like, well into my twenties starting to headline bars where she was like, Oh, I don't think this is a phase anymore. <laughs> like she was like, later. he's not giving this up, this kid. So yeah, I mean, it was a it was a total uh in her defense though, how many teenagers have those like momentary dreams that kind of just dissolve? Oh yeah. Into and I mean before that I wanted to be a a goalie, like I yeah, had that written goalie. Down here. Yeah. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Um, but then I found out like you need broad, you either need to be a former retired goaltender, uh, with an, a bit of a name or at least played a few games or, uh, you need to go to broadcasting school. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing any school past what I have to, what I mandatory have to yeah. do. I'm not going anywhere further. So this became the thing. That's try. how I was with math class. I was the same. As soon as I didn't have to take math anymore, I was like, thank God. Dude, I took math for everyday life. Have you ever heard that? No. That sounds oh, useful, at least. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Do your taxes. and Yeah. They, they tell you like rent, you know, rent stuff. Um, 
money, like, uh, you know, keeping track of money and like, like what, you know, what you should pay change, like all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. Stuff And that's actually relevant. Yeah. And it was in high school and it was like the way our high school worked, you could, you had to do. I forget what they're called, but it was like basically like minor math or major math, major math, but they were called something else. It was like hmm. um, advanced or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. It's yeah, like, okay. adv- it's like, you know, advanced university level. And then, and then like, dumb, dumb way math. below it's like <laughs> math for everyday life. And as soon as I could take that, cause you couldn't take it in grade nine. So it was beyond that. And as soon as that was a choice, I was like, give me that one. I, w- I don't want to, like, I'm not going to be a physicist. To, so, yeah. yeah. I don't need to know what a fucking parabola is. <laughs> yeah. That will never come up. It's never. I remember sitting. I remember talking to a teacher after my, my math teacher, like after everybody was gone. And I was like, honestly, this will never like this will never come up in my life. And yeah. she was like, well, you never know. And I'm like, no, I do know. Like this will never come up. <laughs> and I was absolutely hundred percent right. I was dead right. That's never come up other than in these situations. You should so look fuck, her up. Maybe she was like, right. Boom. Actually, I might owe her an apology. Here it is coming up. <laughs> it's goddamn on camera too. Yeah. Well, I mean, truly how often does someone ask you to describe like a rhombus to them or something? You know, no, never. A lot of shit like that. Never. I haven't even heard that term in years. <laughs> so, geometric shape of some Sounded kind That's dirty at I first I, you know what i mean sounds like you're asking me to show me your ass <laughs> show me your rhombus yeah <laughs> it's crazy we had a class not uh sorry math. before we continue oh yeah, can I yeah. Just ask a real quick question sure is that a wrestling ring down there oh yeah it's for a board game it's like a wrestling board game um but everybody's like you know fantasy like orcs and shit like that fighting and oh and shit really and, yeah yeah i haven't even played it yet because i still board, gotta paint them board game what how do you fight how do you I like fight? Chuck and dice. Like there's rules. You gotta you can throw people out of the ring and but it's all based on dice rolling and uh, Are like they that. are the orcs and shit based on wrestlers or are they just No no, it's all original creations for the game. Then Did you make got- it? No, no, this God, is, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. I'm still Damn, waiting to... would that be crazy if that was your prototype down there? I wish, man. That's one of my life dreams to design a board game, but, you know. It, it totally looks like something. Now, I don't know you, but just being in here, it does look like something you've been working on for yeah, you know, the last five years. You. Every, you know what I mean? Yeah. Every night you come down and you, <laughs> you work Tinker on it. with it. Yeah, because it's like... Yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. I, no, I I'll got put really a picture just, of it so people know I was know like, there's about. no way I can... I can continue i'm staring at it the whole time and i don't want to be rude to you no not at all i mean i'm i'm huge into board games so if people have questions about any of the games what's I your favorite board game of all time um you wouldn't know any of them i don't think if you don't play okay. games there is i'm not going to say like scrabble or something um we have three that are kind of our top three uh my fiance and i there's one called rift force one called uh war chest and another one called Radlands. And those are kind of our three favorites right now. Okay. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the game Risk. Yes, yes. Risk okay. is cool. Okay. Yeah. My friend and I, when we were in high school, we used to play that game all the time. But the problem is you can never finish a game. Like it goes on and on and it's on. Days right? sometimes, and the, yeah. And the more... So we had one that lasted like after school Friday till Sunday. Damn. And we like, you know, we would get together for a few hours and it just was like going nowhere. So we altered the rules and made <laughs> it so that, something. yeah. <laughs> so we, we, but, but in a, in a still like not in a crazy way, but where you could travel the ocean so you could get places like 
to an island. We added some islands and shit that oh, weren't cool. in there. You tried to keep it balanced still though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And everything, we, we took like the real rules and then we added to it what we thought was with it. So it can, it's not like you can take a helicopter and drop a bomb and all of your guys are dead. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, you still had to be strategic, but we added in like bigger fights. So more people were getting taken out at a time. Um, you, you really had to kind of keep your armies together instead of that, spread them out. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and then you could travel by water and like pop up and, you know. That's awesome. Kill. Yeah. And I tell you, we were finishing games like one to three hours. Oh, and, you should put them online somewhere because you'd be surprised. Almost any popular board game has a bunch of people posting house rules. And uh, as long as they're all agreed upon by the people at the table, who gives a shit, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a great way to play that. And, then, and anyway, that was my favorite. I'm not a huge board game, but that was like my favorite all-time game. Risk. I'd say out of the traditional sort of old school board games, Risk is definitely one of the coolest. And it's one. Yeah, it was great. They've it done a lot so of like cool. reskins too. They've had like Risk uh, God Storm, where it's like gods fighting or something. I think there's a Game of Thrones one, probably. I got really into a, a, a Monopoly, an, an online version of Monopoly, um, not online, but like on your computer. Yeah, where it just because that was another one that went on and on forever, but where you didn't. You didn't have to like count all the money. It just kept it all. Streamlines and, it a bit. Yeah, it was like yeah. boom, boom, boom. It was what, the best way to ever play Monopoly. There's actually a lot of people <laughs> that use this thing called Tabletop Simulator, uh, especially people who are designing games and they want people to try them or if they've got a Kickstarter going. And I don't use it a lot, but I know tons of people that do. And and for that reason, it's more convenient. You can play with somebody across the, the world. But I got to say, one thing I love about board games is the tactile put your phone down. Let's just sit around a table and kind of, you know, have this yeah. experience together. I think that's what I love most about board games. So I've never been tempted to do that online version, but it's cool that it's out there for people who are into it. Yeah. I almost lost a friend over Monopoly one time. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fights. You know what happened? Mike, this is my greatest. Sorry. We, we really got off on a tangent here. Yeah, tangents. Game. That's all podcasting is about. Man. But, uh, one of my favorite well, it was my one of my favorite things that ever happened, one of his least favorite things. But basically, we were playing Monopoly, and I was down to, like, my last 100 bucks. I was game over, and he spotted me. Like, my buddy spotted me, like, a 1,000 or whatever the whatever it is, like, a not a lot, but enough to yeah. pay a to rent on something. I end up, like, crawling back. I don't need I, – I somehow – and I won. I beat two other guys, and including him, who was the final one Damn. <laughs> that I took out. I didn't even know you could lend money to people in Monopoly. You can't, that but was we just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a little bit of a point of contention at the end yeah. was uh, it's not even legal that I did that. Yeah. And I still, and I, you know, I thought, well, it was agreed. Like, I didn't steal the money. It wasn't like I took it. Yeah, he was it wasn't like, like shady. And here's why, here's why he did it. I was about to be beaten in record time. Like I just had. It was a pity. Everything thing. fell apart. And we all were trying to hang out on a Saturday. So I'm literally going to watch two guys play Monopoly for some, un, you know, who yeah. knows amount of time. And he was like out of, you know, pity was like, you know what, man, here I got, you know, whatever. Just take that and that'll keep you in the game for a little bit longer. And I won. Damn, what a turnaround. Yeah, he was very upset. He was very upset, and I tried very hard not to be, you know, 
too happy in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to be like, yeah, in your face. But he was house rules, upset. you got to agree on them before you start the game, generally speaking. Yeah. Because otherwise you could just keep kind of shifting things like, oh, yeah, my uh, my hotel's got armed guards now. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing? They bring risk pieces into Monopoly. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Got to hold not down allowed the to shoot the shoe. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> it's not part of Monopoly. Oh, man, that's hilarious. Um, pre-tangent, though, yeah, we were talking about uh, stuff in school that's actually useful. Yeah. And I was thinking we didn't have that everyday math, but we did have like a civics class where they taught us how to do resumes and shit like that, which I appreciate. Yeah, we had that. that yeah. Business. Uh, there was a business introductory introductory or whatever that word is that i can't say um and then yeah civics and that was that was the same thing teaching you how to put together my first resume for a job ever was done in that class like you know yeah they're like that's yeah. what i did too that's how i got you, a teenage you had job noth- you had nothing so they had to like kind of in a way sort of teach you how to up like bullshit kind of which became <laughs> every resume i ever had i sounded your so selling important. points yeah 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 yeah, yeah and then no, big I, font you know, where Big it's like, film, you, film more of the page. Just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's great. And, and they get you to dig up all the stuff you didn't even realize you could put on a resume, like something in, from when you were in camp or like, oh yeah, you won that one relay race. Put that on fast. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's going to get our produce pretty quickly here. Yeah, He's good exactly. with the relays. Swift on the groceries. Yeah. Is that a working? Uh... Oh yeah. I usually challenge people to a match after the podcast. So oh really? Yeah. You you'll destroy me. I'm terrible at it. It's a button masher, so it's kind of like, it's like a Mortal Kombat no. type, you know. There's no way I'm good at it. <laughs> no worries. Oh, I'll no play way. your buddy then. Yo, he might be. Yeah. Kyle, are you good? Oh, I'll be good. Okay, okay. Oh, shit. I've never played that specific one, but... I I've play. never seen him be that confident about anything so in my Kyle life. And play. he is working on his confidence right now. It's going really It is well. going really well, but he, yeah, he's not usually that uh, confident, so... He seems chipper about it, yeah. Yeah, he does. You, but right, you well, must no, be excited. amazing. This is in your basement. There's no way you're... I think uh, the score against the guests... First of all, not everyone plays me. Sometimes there's no time or they're not interested, but I'm definitely beating the guests at this point in the of running course. total, but not by a whopping margin, I don't think. There's is that be- out of pity? No, no, I never, I never hold back. And oh, try you don't that. hold no, no. back. Okay. Because again, I, I don't would, know. I would like to play you. Okay. And then if, you, if we have time, I would love for him sure. to take you on because I'm curious... To see what happens here. See if he can live up to this confidence that he's exuding. I am yeah. so excited for it. This I've never seen that before. It also depends which character you pick. That can have a big influence on on the gameplay, too, because some guys are big and clunky. Who's but your... Who's your? Do you play as the same person all the time? No, I switch it up. Do you let the guests fun. pick your guy? Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that, yeah. I feel like that's... That's fine. fair, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, I definitely... I, you're right. If I had a go-to that was like my cheap character, then, then yeah. that would be... But I don't have that. I'm so. glad you don't do that. I'm no, glad you don't. I don't have time to that learn all the character. moves. No, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no pun intended, because we are also talking about the characters in the game. That's true. But you've shown character here today by not doing that. But you've never played that though, eh? That game. I don't even know what it is. Marvel versus Capcom, or this one's just Marvel superheroes, actually. But it's it's yeah, like a Street Fighter, but with Marvel people. Green Lantern is he in it? That's DC. Fuck. See, I do yeah, that every time. That's Warner Bros. Yeah, I did try. <laughs> that's okay. I led with one. Is he like one of the least? popular no green lantern Lantern in dc is one of their big guys for sure okay i was trying to lead with one that was like people would know it but it sounded shitty you just Just, got the wrong universe yeah 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 Yeah, see i can't keep track of all this universe shit man i've been learning since i was a kid i mean my dad's got like twenty thousand comics in his uh office there so this angle of your brian right 
Yeah, this angle of your dad is amazing too. Cause it, I know that he's looking at like your camera stuff because he's the behind the scenes guy, but it looks like he's watching a game on <laughs> yeah, on this right just, now and could not give too much of like at all of a shit about what's going on here. He's no, like, no. Are, are we he's, back to the Marvel thing? Yeah. Fuck it. Boston's playing. <laughs> <laughs> My dad is not even a big sports guy, so that doesn't pan out. But I don't know. Do you ever just scroll the internet when you get bored? I don't think so. The camera switch is like he's doing a live camera switch every time one of us starts talking. No, so. I know. It's just from this angle. It looks like that's not <laughs> yeah. at all. It's like solitaire. Like he's crushing the solitaire right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian, are you good at this game? Have no? you even played it? I don't think you've, you've even never played it. Played it? Yeah. Oh, no. This is how Maybe they sucker you in. Yeah. He goes, I've never played it. And then you challenge him and he whips All right, we're having ass. a tournament clearly now. Yeah. We're going to have a Let's elimination round. So we can get this <laughs> tournament underway. Oh, man. <laughs> How's the podcast? We were there till 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> we had to do another tiebreaker. <laughs> Kyle lost in the third overtime. <laughs> oh, shit. I got to get back to these notes, I guess. Um, oh, well, I wanted to know, were you like, before deciding you wanted to do stand-up, were you already kind of like the class clown? Because I, I read no. that you were uh, the valedictorian and you <laughs> gave a speech in eighth grade, and I was wondering if that was sort of like a jumping off point for you to realize like, Oh, I kind of like this attention. That was the, yeah, that. So first of all, I was not the class clown at all. I was very quiet, kept to myself, kind of was reserved. not obnoxious and wasn't like, Hey, what? <laughs> like, I just wasn't Bombastic that guy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I could do is like whoever was around me, I could make a comment about something and get a laugh about whatever was going on more more like commentary but very quiet so like they would sometimes get in trouble from their laugh but the the teacher never really realized like a joke ninja just yeah in a way um but i was also very quiet so like teachers would write on you know uh report cards and stuff like jeff does not apply himself jeff does not speak <laughs> up in class jeff never raises his hand jeff does not answer questions jeff's a little quiet which i was because i really i never i i always hated school and i never gave a shit and i always had the feeling of like i don't think i'll ever use this so i would be writing jokes or i'd be doing something you know in that way and then every once in a while i'd make somebody laugh around me but it looked like i was just a kid that like was very quiet or awkward or whatever yeah. but i had friends and you know it was i wasn't a weird kid <laughs> i was just quiet an outcast in, or anything no 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 i was the i was like friends with every group you know what i mean i was i i had buddies in each unit of the you know the popular kids the pog kids not the pog you know you know the kids <laughs> yeah. that would play the pogs um, i was probably one of those kids at one point yeah like i played marbles uh yeah, at one, remember marbles, that where yeah. you'd have to dig a hole with yeah, your yeah. foot and yeah so like you know i would do that and then i would play ho i was also on the ho hockey team like i uh, played hockey so i went to school with a bunch of my hockey teammates so i would know those guys as well you know just a mix but i wasn't a class clown what i did uh or could do was when we had to make a speech or a presentation or a book report or something, I just had a natural speaking ability and I always loved comedy, everything. It was comedy shows, stand up. I used to watch every day. It just, just became laughs. just for laughs comedy at club 54. They oh, were yeah, on back to back show. every day. They would put two just for laughs and two club 54 at one point. So it was like a full two hours of 
stand-up comedy that I would just sit there and I was just like enthralled by it. I, I just I remember not being able to get into comedy at Club 54 in the same way because it felt super dated already when it was aired. It already felt like it was from like the early 80s. Oh, and, yeah. And, and sometimes there were great acts. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. I enjoyed it sometimes. But some people, there was a bit more of that like sort of old school hokey like, hey, you know, kind yeah. of comedian a lot with the blazer on and all that, you know. There was several of those. I loved those. Like the... All of it. I loved all of it. I was just enthralled that the, first of all, I could not believe these people were on TV do making people laugh and they were filming them do it. And then uh, I remember finding out they, they got paid for it. And I was like, what? This could be your job. People, yeah. This people get paid for this. What? Look how much fun they're having. Look how much fun the people are having. And they're like, you know, they're just acting like an idiot. You know, this is amazing. Inspiring. Yeah. And so, and so I was just like enthralled with that. So when it came time for like speeches in school and stuff like that, I just, I could give a speech without, you know, pissing my pants or being nervous or whatever. I was nervous, but like it was a nervous energy that I would put into the, whatever the presentation was. And so, uh, because of that in grade eight, uh, each class had to vote. There was three grade eight classes. Each class had to vote their pick from the class on who should be uh, in the running for valedictorian. And I got picked by my class because of my speech that year, which was uh, what not to do on a date. And oh, I went great. through all of the things. So like, you know, uh, you know, uh, instead of opening the door, don't, uh, don't open the door and then shut it in her face and then make her open the door. Don't. And it was all these things you shouldn't do. And then it culminated in when you get to the restaurant, when you take a drink, make sure you hit your mouth. Don't pour it all over yourself. <laughs> and I just poured it all over my shirt, wore like a gray shirt. So it really so kind of like a stand up bit almost. It was totally more character driven. Cause I was the narrator, but then also this idiot that was doing all this stupid shit that you shouldn't do on a yeah, date. You're acting out these little sketches. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be like, it was very, uh, you know, Mr. Bean. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen the live version? No, there's a, okay. There's a live, um, version that I don't know if they toured, but it's definitely on just for last years ago. And it's like a guy talking and Mr. Bean is acting. Maybe out, I have seen that. Th- yeah. Um, and there's a couple of them. So it's very much like that. It was like inspired by, except in Mr. Bean, it's a different guy. So it's one guy talking and one yeah. guy acting it out. I was like, okay, I'll be the guy. And then You're I'll act it out, forth. you know? Yeah. So that speech, I did it for my class. Then my teacher was like, will you do that again if I send you to the other class? Uh, Miss McCarthy would like, people were talking about it. Will you go do it for them? So I went over and did it for like another class. (laughs) Yeah. And so that year um, was valedictorian year. So they, they, my class voted me in. I got voted in. Uh, to go against the two most popular girls in school and uh, people knew me, but I wasn't like a, Hey, what's up? You know, I wasn't You were like the quarterback. Or no, whatever, no, yeah. no, no. I was just like people, no one had an issue. I wasn't a, I wasn't a fighter. So I wasn't causing problems. It was like, if you saw me walk down, I'd say, Hey, Dave, you go, Hey Jeff. Hey Mike. Hey Jeff. Hey Steve. But it's not like, Oh my God, Jeff. Hey, what are we doing? You know, that's not me. I'm just like walking by. Hey, yeah. what's up? So, uh, 
so I, the, the two most popular girls in school get voted in and I'm like, we all know it's going to be Kim. We all know Kim is getting it. She's basically been the leader of this school since she was in grade five. She became this, you know, you know, those people that are just in everything. They do everything yeah. class president, like the leader of every, you know, and we were all like, obviously that's our valedictorian. Like there's no way it goes to a vote. And, uh, and I beat these two in an unbelievable upset. Oh yeah. And you beat them by a ton. No, no, no. I don't know the, oh, I don't you know the, the numbers, but I mean, okay. an unbelievable upset of like, no one could believe that. Who, shit. who, what? And it was a vote of all three classes. So it was like people in other classes voted for me as well. Right. Cause you went and did your speech over there too. Yeah. 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 Um, Damn. and I mean, yeah, she was not. She was not happy. The girl that she thought it was going to be her. The first time she didn't there get her way. There was a few teachers that were really pissed about it. My best friend, <laughs> my best friend in high school. I remember him sitting down and uh, with me. This is after school, and him being like, "It's you know good for you, man, but it's just not right." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I know. Like, I know. We all thought it was." You know, I didn't Kim. even know you could vote a valedictorian. I thought it had something to do with your grades. I thought you had to be like in that's the top in of high class. school. Oh, okay. this was grade eight. So, yeah, if it was grades, I wouldn't even be <laughs> in the running. No, they would be like, okay, let's go through who it could be. Not him, meaning me, yeah. and then open it up to everyone else. No, I did not have the uh, grades to do. So in high school, I mean, I wasn't even in the conversation. It's a guy who's a doctor now. Shit. That's the guy who, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah we took different paths. Did, did you um, take the public speaking? Because I actually did pretty well in public speaking in uh, grade six and grade eight, and I had to go to like the board finals or the regional finals or something oh, like that. God. I got fucked out of those. Oh, you didn't God win in it. your school? This, yeah. You know what? I'm still a little upset about it. <laughs> so I, I should have, in your email, I should have wrote back. There's a few things I <laughs> can't really up. talk about, and this is one of them. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. Do you want to know what happened? I'll never forget this. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. The year of the year that we're talking about, or a couple of years, whatever these years are, where you go and you do a speech and then you get you, you go you move on to nationals or whatever, right? So the year I get to the to the dance, we called it. Uh, I get to the very final level, which is where the school you you do it at the school. If you win the school, you go to the next yeah. one, right? So I get to the end of the school, and I got this. I got this speech that is all about uh, commentating and announcing my mom doing the dishes because I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Oh, so this is a different speech than the this other is one. Earlier. Oh, okay. This is earlier. I came in hard with that grade eight shit after this happened oh, two okay. years earlier. Yeah. Just set the stage. I told you this is a sore spot, so I might yeah. break down crying here. <laughs> uh, Brian, if we do, if you could just get the camera off me for a moment, if you if you see me openly weeping, weeping that would be lovely. <laughs> um, no, okay. So it was a great speech. And it was like, I, I would do the um, Bob Cole, Harry Neal. Do you know those guys? Like no. uh, Hockey Night in Canada back in like the 90s. They called all the Leaf games. Oh, there's... And I know the like Ottawa Don thing. Cherry, like okay. that's as far as I go. They back. were Hockey Night in Canada guys. Um, they did every Leaf game basically, but uh, they were like, I loved the way they called games. So I did sort of an impression of 
of what they that would inflection. do. Yeah, very, very. So I think I even used like a couple of their catchphrases or whatever. And uh, it was all my mom, um, you know, oh, she drops the glass. Oh, my God. Like it was all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Right. And so uh, and I mean, just dominated my class and moved on to the school. And I had these cue cards. They were green. I'll never forget it. Brian, not unlike my notes. We gotta, for today. We gotta move off. This is where the tears are coming. Uh, yeah, they were very similar to this. Uh, these, these, you know, whatever. So, in the original speech, I do them and I put one behind the other. Right. Yeah. I get to the finals and you got a microphone and there's a chair, an empty chair over here and an empty chair over there. While I'm sitting waiting for my turn, I th I thought damn, if I could just throw these cards down, I wouldn't, I would they wouldn't be out of order. Mm. I, you know, I could just say it, set it down, say it, yeah, yeah. set it down. That's I wouldn't smart. have to keep, right. That's what I thought. Disqualification because I, because they didn't like the way that I took the cards and put them down. Nobody, there were no rules. Nobody what? posted rules. Exactly. That's exactly. Horseshit. You see what I mean? Yeah. That's I still, the, right now to this day, I'm still waiting. I put in a dispute <laughs> at the time and it's gone on this long. That was 20 something years ago and I'd, I'm still bothered by it. Well, that's pretty bogus. Waiting. I got to admit. Yeah, I know. That's that's what I said. Not right. That's not right. You should right. be judged on the merit of your speech and your speech alone, not your card handling abilities. And that's what. I mean, I didn't word it like that because I was a kid, but I mean, <laughs> that's I, where your heart I was, basically yeah. said that's dumb or whatever I said because I was a kid and I, and, and yeah, all because I put the fucking cards yeah, right ridiculous. on the chair. I Terrible. agree. You, you need to have a redo. I was robbed, you right? To, they should I know. let you participate with a new grade six class and you'll smoke those fuckers now. Oh, I, yeah. You've got so much stage experience. Yeah. I don't even need the cards. Yeah, exactly. No cards you'll this just time. crowd work that shit. <laughs> Bring it on. I will. Bring it on, Glenn Karen Public School, grade <laughs> six. I want a rematch. He's calling you out. Uh, I did well, I, I think, because my dad helped me on my speeches and making them really, like, scientific. So they were just impressed that I could, like, remember all this scientific mumbo-jumbo and, and re-articulate no oh, I'm sure I had cards, but I, I had it pretty well memorized. I did, uh, in grade six, I did one on the human heart. And that was, I guess, good enough because I got pretty far with that. And then grade eight, I did uh, one on cloning. And that was like right after they had cloned Dolly the sheep. And it was very oh topical at the time. Wow, yeah. we, we really did different stuff. You're like, I, I would never even heart and cloning. I'm like, yeah, I poured water on myself. <laughs> yeah, but looking back, I'm like, man, it would have been so much more fun to do a funny one like that. I kind of wish I did. I wish I was smart enough to do something on the human heart. So. Here we are. It wouldn't have mattered the way you threw those cards away so haphazardly. <laughs> God damn it. I'll never forget it. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about your crowd work because it's something that you're so well known for. And I kind of wanted to know, like, did you, I mean, we've talked about that you were well liked at school and you sort of weren't afraid to talk to people and the speeches must have helped. But crowd work and, and doing all that improvis improvisational, there's a word that's hard, um, long form stuff. Seems super intimidating. I wondered did that develop really organically when you started doing stand up. Were you really like, I've got my my material, I'm sticking to it. Uh, I read something about a show in Indiana that was like very pivotal for you, where you had to fill in for a headliner. And oh and wow! So I'm wow. wondering, where did you read that? I found like old interviews from God knows who. <laughs> I dig deep. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah, Indiana. I said you had to fill in. Shit. Yeah. So <laughs> is that really where the change, the transformation happened where you said, holy shit, I can do this? Um, it, I mean, it wasn't the 100, it wasn't the, the, um, 
full change, but it was a, a moment in a time where I was like, well, that was really fun actually doing all you, of you that. were dabbling with crowd work before that though. Yeah. It was like, cause I started, I mean, I was very kind of like Jerry Seinfeld esque when I started in that it was all clean, very observational, little bit of personal stuff, but for the most What's part, the deal? that kind of, yeah, shit, that yeah. kind of, yeah, really that kind of, um, stuff, but from a kid perspective. So that was one thing that was really tough in the beginning is I'm talking about stuff to adults that are like, you know, I'm like, what's the, what's with homework when they give you too much. And adults are like, dude, I got divorced yesterday. I don't give a fuck about your homework. <laughs> like, you know, talk about some stuff. I can't, like, I can't you know. drink to this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I haven't done homework. I didn't even do homework back when I was supposed to do homework. Shut up and I get off the stage. I want to revisit it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it, you know, it was, but I was just learning how to like do stand up. then. I was just like learning how to, um, I, I tell people this all the time. If they ever ask about crowd work, I always say the best way to be any good at crowd work is to do regular stand up, whatever that is for you, whether it's one liners, jokes, stories, whatever it is. Um, just do that for like a long time, get comfortable. And then whatever comes your way because of your natural comfort on stage, you can turn that into something because you've built up that confidence or, you know, that intuition, that stage yeah. in stage intuition, and you can get yourself in or out of whatever, because you know, the beats of how to write, you know, how to, you know, how to end on a punchline, like how to, if you start something with somebody, one of the biggest problems a lot of people have with crowd work is they start on somebody and then they get a big laugh, but they don't know where to go from there. Or is it done? Like, do we just leave it at that? Is there more meat on the bone? Is there, you know, so. Because you don't want it to fizzle out and kind of. Yeah. You don't want to, to do if, if it gets to joke three on this guy and they all hit, what if joke four tanks, you're not coming back with joke five. It's like odds are they're going to stay down. And then you can, that's where people kind of get into like, you know, saying shit they wish they could take back because they're just trying anything. They're and trying then, to just escalate. Yeah. And then yeah. it like crosses a line or something where now they're being insulting and it, you know, punching a, down in a big way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's lots of things, but anyway, um, but in Indiana you had like 20 minute set or something. And then you had to fill all of a sudden like an yeah. hour. Well, yeah. In Indiana, it was Angola, Indiana. And How old was, were you at this point? Um, I was probably 21 or 22. Oh, so you're still pretty young. Um, yeah, very young. And it was, I, th I think if I'm not mistaken, I think I was booked there to, I think I was booked to headline and an opener didn't show up. I think I was doing like, it was a bar gig and it was, it was a, it was ended up being a, this room that was on the side of a barn which was a bar so the weird yeah the room is like a banquet room but the whole building is a barn part of it's a bar and then this sort of venue and and yeah i had to be headline. so it was like a very very early headlining gig in america as a one-nighter um in indiana which i'd never been to before and so and when i got there the opening act like the booker whoever called me and was like, yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to make it. So we need you to, 
Stretch it out. Need a bit. you to stretch. Well, he didn't do this. We were on the phone, but I'm sure maybe he did. Maybe he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was like, "Yeah, we need you to. We need you to fill the fill the time." And I was like, "Oh shit, okay." He goes, uh, "I mean, you were gonna do. I was scheduled to do 60 minutes, uh, which I had of material. Not, um, I would say maybe I don't know. Five of that was maybe good, but to, you know, uh, I I had it, and so we needed a 90 minute show. So I ended up mixing 60 minutes of material with 30 minutes of crowd work, but the crowd work hit." way harder than the material. So it was like, whatever I said to them about them, if it got to here, whatever I went back to was like, boom, right here. So I kept basically restarting myself from, from zero, which is not, uh, that must make you feel like shitty about the material at that point too. If you're like, yeah, I mean, I, I knew it wasn't great, but what it helped me figure out shortly after that was, I'm kind of doing uh, my impression of what I think a comedian is or does. Hmm. I'm not really standing out. What they remembered at the end of the night was everything I said about them. Every Everybody that I talked to because of whatever reason I talked to them, everybody that heckled, they at the end of the night... I had never, I was very early on in like trying to sell merch back then was a huge like DVDs and CDs and stuff like that. It was the, I sold out of everything I had that night because they all, first of all, felt bad that I had no opening act. And secondly, they felt like they were a part of the show and really helped in which they did, uh, really helped it move along. And that, and that gave them sort of like a, a real experience. And that was that was a very, in my mind, I remember being in the hotel that night and then somewhere else the next night. And it, it was a totally different show. And it was like, and I was like, damn, nothing was like last night. I mean, nothing was, that was, it was so uh, dangerous, you know, because it's like, I'm kind of without a net for a little while. And then I go back and try this and that didn't really do well. And then when I talked to them, it was like, I could get them up a little bit. And, but every time I went to whatever I've said before, like it just, it just would boom, you know? So yeah, it was, it was a, one of the early times where I was like, something is, there's something there, it's but kind of like an epiphany. But yeah. Yeah. The, and then shortly after that, a friend of mine who was not a comedian, he just like started coming to a few shows and stuff. He was interested in getting into it. And he eventually would do some like booking and producing and stuff. But, um, he came to a show and it was very similar to Angola, except I, it was a shorter set. And he was like, Hey man, you did like, you know, 30 minutes of material with 15 minutes of crowd work or 40 and 20 or whatever, that crowd work stuff, like that's hitting. You should do more of that. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to work a little bit more. And he was like, you should just do that the whole time. That should be your whole thing. And I'm like, do you have any idea how fucking terrifying it is to (laughs) do? I have no idea. Like, I mean, when it's done, it's done. And like, if you lose them when you're talking to them, and it's all improvised. When you lose them, they're gone. You can't, you know, you need, if I don't have the strong, strong material to get them back, they're just gone yeah, for the have rest to have of something. it. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was like, there's no way there. I go, there's no way that can't be done. That's just not possible. Um, but I said, but I'll work on, you know, doing it more, but not possible to do an entire 
<laughs> headlining set with just that. But if we fast forward to now, that's almost seems to be what you pride yourself on is that you can do these long form improv sort of sets. Yeah, now every show. Do you bring is any that. material now or it's just completely? No. Damn, no, I mean, I have, ass. I have stuff if I need it. And certainly every now and then, like you'll do a corporate gig or you'll do something where it's just like people are tight and you can't get anything or you, there's nothing, you know, there's yeah. nothing there. So I have stuff, but no, uh, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Uh, and it wasn't too long after that, the thing with my buddy there, but I got to a point where, uh, I think it was like 2009. I was like, I think I'm done. I think this is a, you know, this is not really going anywhere. And I, I was, I had done a stretch of being on the road. I was an opening act. I was doing this, you know, part crowd work stuff, but you know, it was just my set. And I, it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't getting anywhere or doing anything. And I was really like kind of burnt out. I was like, man, I'm traveling. I make no money. Like I'm losing so much money. And I still like lived in my mom's basement or, I don't even know if it was the basement by that time or if I was upstairs back in my like old room. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was not going well. And I was like, damn, this is, this is like, I don't think this is going anywhere. And, uh, and I still had a couple shows like booked that I was like, I'm going to do those. And then, you know, whatever. The and then I'm done. And, uh, I, two things happened. One is right maybe two weeks later, a guy asked me to be on a TV show that was filming in London at the end of the show. I was a guest on the show. I did stand up and then an interview at the end of the show. Uh, the next day he was like, Hey, we, we have this meeting or we had this meeting and, um, uh, they, they were wondering if you would host the shows like a late night talk show, the kid that we have, they're like, he's just not polished, but they liked your set and they liked how you guys riffed off each other. Would you consider hosting the show? And I was like, yeah, I would love to. Like I've thought about late night was show. Was like public access? Yeah. It's like Rogers TV. Oh, nice. You know? Yeah. I liked how Tom Green started kind of. Yeah, exactly. But in London. And so we, um, so I was like, yeah, you know, I'd give it a shot. And I was like, I'm quitting stand up anyway. So, you know, I might as well try something else and try this out. So I, um, uh, I start doing that at the same time. I have these gigs coming up, these stand up gigs, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm just gonna do these, then I'll be done. And I'll you know, try the TV thing for a while. So I go to these stand up gigs, and my buddy goes, Hey, if these are your last few gigs, who gives a shit? Just do, just do crowd work. It's a fair you know, point. See, see how much you can do, and just how you know, whatever. And I was like, Yeah, hey, you know what? You're absolutely right. These mean nothing, and um. I'll, you know, I'll never do this again. So I go in first night and I ended up doing like just under 90 minutes of just crowd stuff. Not all good. A uh, lot bad, really bad, really quiet, you know, stretches, but it was so exhilarating for me. And I was like, Whoa, that was, this is the most fun I've ever had doing stand up comedy. And I want to do that again. So I, you know, we had another gig like the next Saturday I go, I do it again, tighten things up a little bit. Um, didn't, you know, didn't go nearly as long, kind of kept a little bit better time and you know, whatever. But again, it was like, fuck, this is, this is, this is, in it must be uh, like skydiving without a parachute. It was, like yeah. I mean, I've never done that, but like, 
as close well, to a roller coaster. I don't think anyone coaster. who has is here to talk about it. <laughs> no, I know. Well, oh, did you say without a parachute? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh like, shit! Knowing I'm... that you don't have that rip cord of like material in your back pocket yeah. to rely on if shit goes awry. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was. It was one. It was just so much fun. It was so crazy. It was roller. You know, the roller coaster when you get to the edge and you know that first drop. I mean, that was the feeling and then it was up and down because when you got them man you you got them because they knew this just happened they knew i didn't come with this but when you lost them they were gone they were <laughs> fucking gone go and i had ways. no real good i had like one or two bits that i could go to that would get a good enough laugh that if I bring them back up where they're like yeah. okay we don't hate you we'll tolerate but you. let's see what <laughs> yeah. you know comes next um but yeah, and and so that hap that was the sort of start of it, and then it was just like okay, it was a random series of events was how those first few shows happened, and then um, at one of them, somebody walked in late to you know I was on stage for maybe fifteen to twenty minutes. There's these people come in late. I tell them everything that happened in the show to like a thunderous applause, which I had never seen before. I'd never, ever gotten that level of applause before. Almost like a standing O kind of vibe. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah. But I mean, it was like, and but I still had half my set to do. And it was as, damn, you no way you're going to close stronger than that. At the end of that show, I was like, the, whatever just happened there, that has to be the end. That has to be at the end. If that was at the end of the show, that would have been the greatest show of my whole life. If that came to, if that. And that's basically how the dry bar special yeah. went. Yeah. That was something I was going to bring up later. Cause I found that crazy impressive that you could just recite all this stuff that clearly you didn't pre-plan. And that in itself right. is impressive to be like, Oh shit, he's making this all up and he's riffing with the audience. But then to just kind of like recount it all that's in right. chronological order without missing anything is just like flabbergasting. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's, uh, it, it all, ha you know, in that moment where those people came in, it was that night sitting in the hotel. I was like, I have no idea how, cause I can't hire people to come in late, but how do I move? How do I get that to the end and then show people like you may have sat here this whole time going, what do I give a shit about? that guy that I don't know. And this lady, it, what is all this? Like, this is just a random series of events. But then you, at the end, it's like, I need something to show like, no, this was a show and here's the show. And here's the, you know, not only were you here for the show, you, you may have been a part of the show. You may be involved in the creation of the show. And how can I like, personalize that for every crowd and make it's, it's it almost an like you're coming up with like the track listing for that night's comedy album that's absolutely correct yeah yeah, yeah. every time so cool not always good <laughs> i mean you know there's just and some are way more crazy and some towns have a lot more characters and just a lot more like little stuff little um local stuff that they like to feed you and that's really got a lot of um do you try, like, I know a lot of comics do that where they'll roll into a town and then they'll try to ask people like, oh, what's the 
the local this or that that I can drop in my set to kind of have no. that familiarity, you know? No, I used to, but now I want to know from them in the moment. I want to hear it. Not like, hey, tell me the name of your local strip club so I can say I was at Spanky's. Everyone going to Beavers later? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that. I used to do that, but not that where I, you know, where I'm like, where are you? F are you from here? Right? Yeah. If you are, then something about, you know, and not everywhere will have something like some places are just, there's nothing. But if they have a team they support, mm. if there's a weird name of a mayor, if there's a bizarre, you know, um, you know, if they're called something like Halifax, they call themselves Haligonians. Yeah. What's up with that? Exactly. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Why, how do yeah. you do that? You just... Halifaxians. Why are you not how you're right? So like stuff like that. It, those are the things I want to learn every time. And so they know this is the first time I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it from you. I didn't research it. I didn't look it up. I didn't, you know, sometimes I'll know stuff cause I'll see it on the way in. So like, you know, I remember like one time up North, they had just built a dairy queen and I go in talking about the dairy queen. What I didn't realize is there was a whole thing around this dairy queen and people got involved and it got like, people didn't want it. There was an old bar or Major whatever there. Story. They had to tear it. Yeah. So I had no idea. So I'm just going on about this dairy queen and people are going nuts. And I'm like, wow, these people really love dairy queen. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't, it was, I was upset because they were closed at five and I'm like, I want dairy queen at five. Like what the, who's going between nine and five to dairy queen. Like dairy queen is a nighttime Snack, yeah, right? evening, yeah. Yeah, and that was part of their whole, um, you know, the, their whole thing is like the Dairy Queen's coming in and they're only open at 5 o'clock and it's a Saturday and, you know. So um, anyway, stuff like that I love, but I, I, it has to be, for me, it has to be done in the moment. It can't be something I know or I feel like I'm cheating them. And or maybe I want, they'll know I that want, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if I know, I'll say I know. It's not like I'm I'm going to pretend I don't know and then you say it and then I act like I'm not a good like actor. Feign confusion. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not going to act like, oh, my God, I've never heard this. If I've heard it, I'll say, you know, I heard that on the way in, but I don't know what it means. And I'll let them. I want to know the meaning of shit and like, you know, and, and then and then my job is whatever they tell me, I have to take that and somehow make it funny. That's my job. What I love is I can ask a question. If I'm at dinner and I see people in the booth, I already think things about them and I want to go ask them, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. How do you know each other? Who, who are you to him? Who are you to her? How do you, how do you for soul? I'm very curious. So I found a way to, at my job, be perfectly normal for me to be like, what the fuck is the, what is this? You know, what, what's going on? But in a curious, it's all based on curiosity. It's not based on, I want to make fun of you. It's not based on, I'm going to attack you. It's not based on it's like, like exploring. Yeah. It's, and it's not about, um, making somebody feel bad or going at like, if you're fat, I would never say anything about you being fat. It would be about your shirt, your job, your back, your hair, your wife, your girlfriend, your whatever, yeah. everything. But I'm not going to be like, hey, the easy hey fat guy, yeah. you know, or hey, fucking, you know, goof in the 
sure to let you like it's not about that it's yeah. really about um i see something i'm curious about them in some manner and then where can we take that it's interesting that you mentioned not wanting to be mean or upset anyone because i was that was one of my questions was have you had a you know improv moment like that go really badly where something like someone got really pissed off or something along those lines um not it happened once it happened uh last october we were in foxborough massachusetts and this guy he goes um what was weird is he was laughing right at what i was saying i th- i was talking to somebody at his table and he's laughing so when somebody's laughing and they're i'm usually i can make eye contact with them if i see any sign of like oh fuck he looked at me and you know turn away or something i'll never talk to them because i don't want to make them uncomfortable this guy locked eyes smiled he's laughing he looks like he's having a good time and <laughs> i asked him a question uh, based on something that happened i think with his wife and it was like a question about him like in, in nothing bad it wasn't like you fucking your wife tonight like it wasn't yeah. you know like well it was some question he answered the question whatever the first question was the follow-up question he's like you picked the wrong guy buddy and i'm like like in a threatening way even yeah but in a um <laughs> in a you uh, hear a gun like <laughs> yeah it, it, he was also like a uh big guy not not like uh super jacked or anything but big enough where it's like you don't want to probably construction them. or something where he's got that strength from lifting concrete all day yeah (laughs) um so it you know there was that it all and all that happened was i go whoops and i I, didn't didn't mean to yeah i picked on a guy and quickly i mean it as quickly as i got in i'm out and and so it's not like i don't sit there and go oh god Oh no! I think you can oh, I, my ass. I picked the wrong guy. Oh my god! What are we gonna? And because now everybody smells fear, and now it's just like this guy's not in control at all. So it's like you know, yeah. you know, I don't even remember what I said. It was so quick, and but I remember after being like, I don't want to. Usually, I come out uh, as people are leaving and just shake their hand just to thank them for like coming to a comedy show. I appreciate yeah, anybody a willing. Charming to move. That. Yeah, that night I was like, I, I I'm not going out there. I don't want that guy. I don't know what he's going to do or if he would do anything. And I mean, for the rest of the show, he just sat and stared. Oh, brutal. He wouldn't laugh. And it was really weird. He was laughing before that. He was having a great time. Wow. And then some random question, not offensive, nothing. It was just like, pick the wrong guy, which I did. I wish you remember (laughs) what you actually asked him. Yeah, it was like, the reason I can't remember it was, is it was something you would never expect. How are you? sir you know it wasn't that but it was like maybe a little bit more yeah yeah, elaborate than that but i get it that's that's it was like shitty oh you know what i'm amazed you can keep doing this show after while he's like oh my god it was so (laughs) every and he was like right you know there like he's right he's anytime i'm facing forward i mean if i go one down he's right there so it was like (laughs) his wife was so his wife was loving the show. She was still laughing. Everyone at his table la- and loving and everything. She never did any of these. Like she gave him one when he said, "You picked the wrong guy, buddy." She gives him like a yeah, you don't know, be a dare. Gary. Yeah, what do you start? One of those. Um, oh, it was over. Uh, 
Oh, you know what? It was, <laughs> it was about him being, he, get, he, uh, fuck. It was something about him getting up early or he put cameras in his house. Do you remember? Do you know the guy I'm talking about? I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah. It was like, you look like the kind of guy who gets up early in the morning when he doesn't have to, but he gets up just to tell people that he gets up and his mm. wife and everybody at the table and him are laughing and they're all doing this as in like, you got him, yeah, you know? That's him. And I go, and then I go, right, sir. And he kind of like laughed and you know what I mean? He's laughing. He was still with it. And then it was, uh, are you having a good night so far, sir? Or, or like, what's your name? Like it was about to follow up with more about him. And that's when he was like, you picked the wrong guy, oh. but he was laughing. He was sure. laughing. Yeah. That is Let the record show. Bizarre. The behavior. fucking guy was laughing, but yeah, it was a very weird. It was also like a four in the afternoon shows, like a very weird show and a weird time for him to be that mad. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. He wasn't drunk or anything. He was just like, unless he had to skip dinner, like he usually eats at that time and then goes out later and they had to go to the early show. It's like a weird early show. He just maybe had like a panic moment when he realized a whole audience was sort of paying attention to him. Maybe he's just got like a yeah, it was something yeah. thing like that. Something like that because he... He immediately changed. Anyway, that's the only time that was really. I mean, I anything. think that if you're going to a comedy show, you have to be at least a little bit loose. Like I never get it when I see people even who aren't being interacted with by the comic, but they're just sitting there like that. You see that sometimes people just come and they look pissed off. They look like yeah. Why? this is the last place you seem like you want to be right now is a place where everyone's supposed to be laughing because you look fucking miserable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I never get There's it. a lot of that. There, I, yeah, you do see a lot of that. It's it's unfortunate because they paid money. Like you some paid, people laugh on the inside. I guess I don't know. I guess <laughs> so they need to tell their face to move. Well, yeah, you know? you'd think that they would recognize like how uh, of how much of a negative impact that might have on the comic that they're here to see to just like have this grimace in the audience that's you know yeah not like lively. The other thing I think about is you never know what somebody is going through. Yeah. So like you never want. That's why. I, I've talked to a lot of comics about like, if you see somebody like that, I mean, we know as a comic, you know exactly where that person is because right away, you know, if a room full of people's laughing, you know, the one person that isn't the or two spot. people that aren't, but then what are they going through? You know, did they, did they lose someone? Did yeah. they have a accident? Like maybe they're hoping happen? you're going to break them out of some funk. Yeah. Um, so I never go, you know, I try never to be like, Hey, you look miserable. I might say, you look upset if I if I see them give a giggle that mm. they don't you know what I mean? But you yeah, yeah whatever kind of it is, it's clearly look. not like life or yeah. death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, upsetting it, though. But never like, hey, what's wrong with you? You know, and then yeah. you find out their fucking pet died before they came out and they're sad. That's sort of what I was thinking, but at the same time, I don't know in my right mind that if my pet just died and I was feeling devastated that I'd be like, I should go see a comedy show. I guess some people I can see making that connection, but I don't yeah. know. It seems like a weird move if you're Or if they had the tickets, it's already booked. Oh yeah, true. Pet if it's dies a logistical the night before, thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, well, I have a or they don't want to disappoint their friend. They said they would come yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. You know, so, every hey, situation's you unique. You never know. You just never know what people are going through, and sometimes you gotta let them go through it if they have to. But yeah, it is what it is, right? Well, it seems like you're very uh, intuitive of your audiences. You have to be doing what you do, right? Yeah, I try to. I, I mean, you know, I I try to pay attention to like what's going on 
prior to me as well. What happens with the host, the opening act, that kind of stuff. What are they laughing at? What are they not laughing at? What are they seeing? What kind of audience do they see? What's their energy? Mm. Um, yeah. And then while I'm up there, like really facial expression, how people, you know, are how they watch some people, you know, they, <laughs> they're like, please God don't. Yeah. They just have a look like, please God don't talk to me. And then other people are like, you know, and other, well, sometimes yeah. you get people who are like, like too much on the other side where they're like, Hey, do me like that kind of vibe. And they're like interrupting the show. And yeah, I've seen that at shows a lot that, yeah. And for those people, you know, I usually, they want something. They want their 15 seconds or yeah. whatever it is. I have no problem with that. I'll give that to them. It's just if they become uh, an ongoing issue, like if they, if like, they, I'm your sidekick now. Yeah. If, if it's one of those where they won't shut up, then it's like, okay, we need to, we need to stop this. But if there's something they need, I'll give them that. And then. That's Move polite. On, That's know? kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about touring because you tour a ton. Is this like every year for you or is this just kind of a recent thing to be doing this many cities? You're like all over North America. Yeah. It's such a short period of time. This amount is is new. I mean, I've always been a road comic. Um, I've always been on on tour as much as I possibly can. But this now with with some success online and building a little sort of small fan base of people, it's allowed me to open, open up and do more markets and go to more places, which has been amazing. And we drive all over. So that's been really cool to like drive all over America and all over Canada too, but uh, mo way more America lately. Do you find the road hard? Um, in what sense? Well, I've never done that amount of comedy. I've done only like local stuff, maybe Montreal. If I happen to be there, I'll look up and get on a show or something. But uh, I always think of two things. One would be loneliness. Like when I've hypothetically put myself there in my mind, I right. go, well, I would miss my family or significant other, whatever your children, if you have them. Uh, and also the temptation to like party all the time is the other thing that oh, would really, man. you know, because even going to the comedy clubs, just a lot in your own town, you find, okay, I feel like, yeah, I should get a beer. It, it can creep <laughs> up on you a bit, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I've definitely, uh, I mean, I've. Yeah, if it's too personal, obviously we don't I've, have to go there. If you've had like serious struggles you don't want to talk about or something. I was, just, no, I was curious no. if you've had no. that, you know, monkey on your back being a touring person who's put in situations where there would be temptations like that on a For regular sure. basis. I love the, I love travel. I love the road, that side of it. I really love hotels. Like I've, I've always, I don't know, since I was a kid, hotels, I just I've always loved staying in. It's like I don't a know fort why. or something. Yeah, it's. I, you know, I used to do this thing. Um, I'll just tell you this quick and then we'll get back yeah, to yeah, the serious uh, side of it. But um, I used to do this thing in every hotel. If I had two beds, I would run from the door. I would run, jump on one, bounce <laughs> off of it and fly into the other one. Every single hotel. I mean, I would do that every time. If I had two beds, if I had one, it would just be a single jump. Um, and that ended in a casino, uh, at a casino hotel one time because I hit the first bed, jumped up off of it, landed on the second, the bottom, uh, the, the wooden thing, box thing, oh, the that box was, spring, no, not the box spring, oh, like just the, the wood on the side, like wooden panels Yeah, the frame that were covering 
they just like flew out <laughs> and the whole bed went right to the floor. Shit. And uh, yeah, so I had to, <laughs> I had to go to the front desk and, and I, and I told them, I said, listen, I don't know what happened up there, but when I walked in the room, <laughs> the, the bed on the other side is completely uh, in shambles. Uh, so I just wanted you guys to know that that's what, that's what happened. And I'm pretty I, disappointed in you. I'm pretty disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty upset about it. It looked like a nice room. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what went you on. You want to throw here. a free breakfast in, you know? Yeah. You know, if you want to comp, the, no. <laughs> comp the dinner tonight and a few yeah. drinks or whatever, I'd love that. But, uh, you know, that's up to you. And they were, because I had, the only way I got away with it is I had literally just checked in. So they knew they you immediately yeah because i did it slapped. it was the first thing i did in every room i put my bags down run jump and i was an adult so they were like odds are this grown man <laughs> not did not just go into our room jump on one bed land on the other smash it and then come down here and lie to us <laughs> i don't think this human adult did that and they were wrong because i did and oh, i got away amazing. with it. and you've retired the move now that was the last time i ever did well, maybe one day uh, it wasn't the last time so I inclined. ever did it, but I, I, that became like, uh, maybe I'm, maybe this is not a good idea. Yeah. If you might end anymore. up having to pay hundreds to thousands of dollars for repairs or something. Yeah. I originally thought Although you were going to say you kept bouncing off the second bed into like the wall or the window or something. That did happen a couple of times. If you got, if you got the right bounce, if you got enough, if, if the room <laughs> was big enough and you could get some good speed on that initial jump and get a good bounce. Like if that first one was bouncy, yeah. you knew the second was going to be equally bouncy. So if you landed across the middle, you were going right off, which did happen a couple times. I was going to say, you didn't stop after that happened. <laughs> no, cause it was never an injury or, and no damage was, it wasn't until I broke the whole thing that I was like, oh, I can't, this is too yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to the parting thing. So, I was, I've never been a partier. I will have a couple beers, but I am not a let's get hammered and go out. I was never really big on bars, nightclubs, not a dancer, not a. What about weed? Uh, yeah, sm I smoke weed, but I'm trying to figure out if you were a stoner because you have the same squinty eyes as me. I call them the James Franco eyes. Yeah, I have very small. I've, or I, I think it's that I have a large, um, whatever, eye, eyebrow region that yeah. kind of hangs down a hooded eye. I think my mom was telling me it's called. A hooded eye. Hooded, is that what this is? Is that what? You've never heard that, eh? Uh, I thought it was mom that told me that, a hooded. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have very, uh, like, very, very small, you know, windows or whatever these are called. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small, very squinty at the best yeah. of times. Um but yeah, but I've never, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't actually drink anything at all or smoke weed at all until I was like 21. I was like kind of against it, not in a religious way, but it was, a, I don't know why it just was a, um, it was a, I guess a thing probably from a early, like just people in your family that you see struggle with alcohol. I think I just went the complete opposite way, mm. <clears throat> but then um, yeah, then I, I sort of had like a, I don't know, a weed epiphany or something. And that kind of opened up my eyes. Not a lot, as you can tell, but <laughs> not enough. literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and so, um, so the partying side of it has never been, I'm, I'm not a Coke, you know, Coke and drugs and you know, that kind of stuff never 
pills or, you know, any of that. That's just never been my thing. And I was, uh, food is my, like, I wasn't do the show, go out, get drunk, go home, get up, do it again. Mine was go do the show, good or bad, you get a pizza (laughs) and you either enjoy it as the king of the world because you had a great night or you eat it and cry because you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And so that was my, that was the thing that I was like, at some point it became a real huge problem. And I was like, I had, this has to stop Mm. because I was eating, you know, you get home late or back to the hotel late after a show. You don't want to make a big meal. It, but you're also in a hotel, so you have no, you're not cooking, you have no way to cook, like you you only order or you only go to a drive-thru or whatever. But I was late getting back and then and then ordering a large pizza and then finishing the majority of it, if not all of it, in one sitting and then going to bed immediately after, which is like the worst possible thing you can do for your health. Is it really? What, what, eating and going to sleep or specifically like fatty, greasy stuff? All of the above. Because I've heard the opposite, that that's a myth about eating before sleep, that if it helps you get a good sleep, it's actually can be better for your overall health because sleep is so like... If it's good, I'm sure that's if it's, you know, if you're eating yeah. peaches and But definitely eating a whole pizza and passing out. Yeah, that's going to have some and meat lovers and extra cheese and garlic bread sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like Saturated every fat, day, like... like not that it was pizza every day, but it was the equivalent McDonald's or Burger King or whatever was open. Yeah. Eventually it was like whatever was open. And so that was more what I struggled with ever than the partying and stuff like that. I have seen that cause issues for people. I've been around it. I've had to at some time sort of distance myself from people who do that a little too much. But my thing has always been, uh, how can I improve this? So when I would go do a show and I was writing, I would go back, look at my set, what hit, what didn't. I would almost like grade it in a way, like not physically write it out, but um, it would be like, okay, this is your top joke. This gets, you know, this is consistent. This one's got to go. This one, where do we move it? How do we move it in the rotation? Yeah. I was a big uh, sports fan when I was a kid. So like I would put lineups together for uh, hockey games and baseball games and stuff like that, like video games. So I would kind of do that with my set where it'd be like, if we start with this and then this guy comes in and then this guy, you know, so I was really obsessed with getting better at it. Cause I was so bad. I was so terrible and such a shitty comedian for so long that I was like, I couldn't explain it to people. I, I was like, listen, I do, I can't tell you why or how, but I know that I'm better than what you've just seen. And it's impossible to tell you that because what you just saw was a shitty, terrible comedy show. And there's no way to explain it to you, but I swear something's in me. And I think the more I explore that, I think that'll come out somehow. I don't know how or when, or if that will ever actually happen, but I feel like it's in there. So it, was, you know, back to the hotel and writing. And then now, you know, we go to a show, Kyle, who is traveling with me, that is uh, standing awkwardly in your corner right now. And I apologize for that. That's what he does. He seems like a cool dude. Oh, he's not. 
<laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, so, you know, we have a full camera uh, setup, full production. We've got a bunch of cameras. So at the end of it, we have to get all that stuff. He's got to start backing up all the footage. Then the next day we're editing together like a vlog video, which is what we're shooting here. Otherwise he would not be standing awkwardly in your, well, that's maybe, maybe not true. He might still be here standing awkwardly, but he is shooting something and then we'll use that. So, and that is because, you know, this is the day and age of content. You, you, you need to be putting out fresh stuff and, and that's how you build your fan base. So again, it's that obsession for me of like, how do we move this forward? How do we continue to build? How do we take what we already have? How can we, you know, how can we improve our equipment? How can we improve our overall production? Um, and that stuff is way more in my mind than, let's go get, that was a great show. Let's go get hammered right now, you know? Yeah. And not to say, you know, every once in a while after a really big, long stretch or something, you might have a couple beers with friends or whatever, but that's just never, it, it never, people ask all the time, you know, people, it, you'll be in the middle of nowhere and they'll go, all right, where are you guys going? Where are we going? And it's like, let me get you a shot. Yeah, yeah. We're going to the hotel. Yeah. We had a situation in grand junction, Colorado. This, this fucking guy, uh, lovely man, but he kept bringing shots to the stage. And it was a situation where you can't, if you deny it, they start booing. So uh. I, I took a bunch of shots by the end of the show. I'm hammered. Like I am hammered. I just, and I don't do that, you know, like all well, I have to be polite. Yeah. Well, not only that, I'm trying not to lose an entire 400 people in this audience that are like, <laughs> he brought you a shot. That's ridiculous. You know though. what I mean? I mean, you're only human. You can't keep taking them. I know. Well, that's eventually. So but what the happened concept was that people on the, be like, we're not going to laugh at him. He's a pussy. You know? Exactly. That's, that's By the time I did the third one, he brought a fourth and I go, dude, I'm going to die. That's when they flipped and turned on him. And we're like, all right, he's had enough. Uh, uh, you know? So the, yeah. So once it, was they realized like, it wasn't yeah. fun for you anymore. Yeah. When I'm like, seriously, guys, I'm, like, I'm going to die. I don't do that. First of all, I don't eat close to a show. So I'm empty stomach. Mm. Tequila, my least favorite thing ever. Now it's in, you know, now I'm feeling oh, it. Gross. It was really gross. But I mean, after the show, I'm, I don't even know what I'm saying to these guys. I'm skipping around like a fucking idiot. I'm, I'm hugging everybody that'll hug me. Uh, these guys, I hugged them like four times. We had a group hug. I mean, I'm just like, you know, uh, out there and I hate it. The next day I felt oh, t terrible because I didn't, I drank water the rest of like, it's not like, I'm like, oh yeah, we're hammered now. Let's keep this going. I'm I'm like, we, I need food. I need water. I need Advil. I need sleep. And even the next day for the first little bit, I'm like, I could never do this. I could never be the party guy because there's so much to do. And I also, I'm doing all the promo, all the marketing, all that kind of stuff. I, this, uh, Kyle works with me. We have another guy that does all the stand-up edits and stuff like that. He's constantly sending stuff. There's way too much to be done for me to be waking up late and gro feeling gross. And like, even when I wrote brain. this question, I kind of had an inkling that it was going to be this sort of an answer because yeah. just seeing your sets and going, okay, I don't think you could do maybe the crowd work. If you're 
one of those personable drunks. But the reciting everything at the end, I'm like, there's no way a drunk person would get that all in order and no. tie it all together again at the end and have that ending you were speaking of earlier. No, if I was if I was like really drunk or really high or like really whatever, yeah, that end would be all over the place. And, and it has happened. I mean, a couple of times, like I was saying, where people bring shots. I don't know how that show ended. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure I said something, <laughs> but I don't know if it was in order. It might not have even been about that show. As long it as they're laughing. Been, I don't know if that was happening either. <laughs> I was yelling so much it was hard to hear any laughter. So I have no idea, you know, but and and so I could never. I mean, if that happened every night and people were bringing, you know, I, I would eventually have to be like if somebody buys a shot. I I have told a few clubs cuz um there's been a like I put this video this is my fault. I put this video online of this guy buying a shot and I took the shot. But it's all a joke about he has uh, his pants rolled up, and I joked that he he ringed out his pants into the thing, and as an <laughs> asshole movie, gave me a shot. It's and I wasn't thinking like fuck in this. I'm actually doing a shot. So I've had a couple clubs where they go. Uh, there's a a couple tables that want to buy you a shot. Uh, they say that's your thing. <laughs> oh no! And I'm like, no, 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 that is not my thing. That is a video they watch. Yeah, you gotta clear and that so up. So I go, quick. whatever they ask for, <laughs> just put a either a coke. Uh, Coca-Cola if it's dark or uh, apple juice or a water and just tell them and charge them and get their money but don't you know don't bring that to me so I've had that that's a couple genius. times yeah so you're taking a shot but it's just yeah that's something. not my like that is actually I don't even know who it who created that but it's a, a road comic that started um, I, I, I can't remember who it is but they would start the set by going hey can I get a shot and it would allow the club to double and triple their alcohol sales. But every shot that was brought to him, they knew no alcohol. And then at the end of the show, he would go do all the alcohol. <laughs> he would go actually drink all the shots that they bought. That's really clever, though. Yeah. Damn. Really genius move. I, f I can't remember who it is. It's nobody famous either. Like it's somebody... You've, it's just like a and not only selling drinks, road. but for a lot of people, him taking the shot at the beginning, him or her, or but him in this case, uh, would be just that allure maybe of like, oh, he's a real comic party dude. Because I think That's a lot right. of people have that idea of a comic in their head. Yeah, which, and it's true in a lot of cases. They're they do have that persona sometimes, but yeah. This, yeah, this guy's a genius faking it just to help the bar. Wow. Yeah, brilliant move. Too brilliant. bad we don't know his name. I can't remember his I name. I can always name. add it in later if you think of it. Yeah. Just put it on screen. If I, if I think of it, yeah, I'll send it. I cannot remember who it is. And that kind of covers my uh, lonely question, too, because I didn't know Kyle was with you. So yeah, you so, go everywhere on tour, yeah? Yeah. There you he's, go. So he's, uh, he goes, and then also there's another guy that usually travels with us when we're in the U.S. Uh, named Levi Mape, who is kind of my... Um, opening act uh sort of permanent opening act uh when we're in the u.s he's he'll be doing some canadian shows with us at some point but um uh and he also does now he does our driving uh when we're down there and um he does all our merch uh setup and he runs that whole side of uh of things as well so um the gotta, lonely the loneliness thing you know that was never a thing for me either. I was I was an only child and I was very used to being by myself as a kid. My mom worked a lot. I I would come home after school. It would just be me hanging out, watching stand up. Um 
I just, I, I was never like, I'm totally You're cool built for this. Yeah. I was totally cool with being by myself. I've never had a situation where I was alone in a hotel somewhere and been like, Oh God, I, I miss, I miss <laughs> my family. You know what I mean? I, I'm not married. I don't have children. Um, you know, I, I, my mom's awesome. And I love, you know, I, I, miss my mom if if i'm gone for a while but i talk to her every day on text or phone call or whatever like um you yeah know, you clearly love what you're doing with comedy so every yeah. night must be a blast it unless, was not yeah too that, drunk. that side yeah that side of things was never that in the travel I, when i was a kid my grandparents used to take me on a road trip pretty much every summer we'd go somewhere sometimes it was far like florida sometimes it was oh, wow. you know Chatham like it was but we drove and I love I always loved it I loved the car rides I loved when we would stop at a hotel I loved eating fast food on the road I loved diners I loved you know Ponderosa Steakhouse like I just loved it and I still do I still love all of that well stuff. yeah it's an amazing way to live your life seeing all these different places like you must have been a gajillion cities in the States and Canada, right? Like even just seeing your tour thing that I saw, it was already a ton of cities. And then the travel the driving too. through, you'll drive through some town, these little places, especially yeah. like we've been to mountain, you know, mountain towns, like where it's literally you're on a mountain, you're in a mountain. There's a whole town. That's so cool that you are driving through you five minutes later. You're on the other side of the, <laughs> the town. Like, yeah, it's uh it's, it's really, really cool. And I love driving i love especially not having to actually physically be the driver that's really helped um because i'm also doing a lot of like social media stuff promo marketing editing that kind of thing really late so sometimes if we have an early morning drive having levi when he's with us doing the driving has been a, just a huge help and he's such a talented uh skilled guy he's got so many like skills and stuff that i are totally beyond me that he's really helped in that way too. So I have an amazing team of, of people. So the, the loneliness, uh, you know, yeah, no, having your homies really with you and yeah. Creating content. That so, sounds like a so you're not doing much with all the comedy groupies then, eh? <laughs> no, no, that's not, I, I also have a girlfriend, so I wouldn't, even if comedy groupies were a thing, um, which they most certainly are not. And, uh, well, that must be difficult then if you've got a girlfriend and you got to go on tour for quite some time. So here's the thing is we don't even live in the same city when I am home. So it's already a long distance relationship. Um, she has her own business, so she's focused on that. She also has two kids, so she's got that you know, they're, they're not like children. They're yeah, but still, um, but older, but she's got stuff to focus on. So when I'm, when I'm on the road, I'm hundred percent focused on that. Obviously we talk all the time and stuff like that, but, um, I'm, you know, when I'm out there, I'm able to focus and concentrate on that. She's got her own stuff going on. If it was somewhere, something where she, she had nothing or was like sitting at home, waiting for me to come back i wouldn't be able to deal with that because she's nor would she but while she's got her stuff to work on uh and then i'm gone and then when we get our time together our time together is such quality time like we don't I can imagine yeah. there's no so precious yeah we can't we don't have time for stupid 
horseshit arguments. We don't have time to, you know, uh, your socks are on the floor. Like, who gives a fuck? I'll throw my socks. You know what yeah. I mean? Like those little stupid um, arguments that people that I, I mean, that's in uh, other relationships. Like, I hate that. Those drive me nuts. Yeah. They drive me so nuts. When people and, just to see a little too much of each other. And yeah. Really and then compatible. you take it for granted. When you see someone all the time, every day, it, no matter who they are, you take it a little bit. It doesn't mean you start being an asshole, but like you take it a little bit for granted. And that's every other relationship I've ever had. You're around each other so much that you start to nitpick and you start to, their fights yeah, come it's up. It's human nature. It, 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 and it drove me crazy. And this is the best thing I've ever been a part of because it's such quality. When we see each other, I mean, it is like we had time to miss each other. I missed you. I couldn't wait to see you. I'm not dreading, you know, I've had, I've lived with people, been on the road. And by when I know I'm two days away from going home, a dread comes in my soul. And I'm like, fuck, I can't believe I have to go back to this this hell hole that I live in with this person I can't stand. Like I hated that feeling. And now it's like, you know, every single time we get to see each other, it is such a, a huge thrill and moment. And you know what I that's mean? Amazing. And obviously it, that's not sustainable forever, but things will change over time and our situations will change and you know she'll her business will get to a place where she doesn't have to be there all the time obviously her children you know will grow up and become adults and you know what i mean and so she could travel more with me she could meet me places we you know who knows where we end up living at some point i mean you know there's lots of growth opportunity within the relationship as well but right now it's like it's such a beautiful time that we get to spend together that it's at like, it's, it's, um, I, yeah, I'm That's very, great. Lucky. no, very I'm really lucky. happy for you, man. That's Thank awesome. You. Cause I'm sure there's not a lot of people that would really be able to deal with the touring thing. I think that would be maybe a deal breaker for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. And, and that's fine. Like, you know, and I, she knew up front. I mean, when yeah. I, when we first started dating, I was doing, you know, really kind of shitty bar gigs and, um, would tour as much as I could, but it wasn't at this level. But I always told her like from the beginning, this is where I see this going. This is where I am going. This is what I do. This is my, you know, this is my, this is the package. Like, yeah. Like this will never go away. This will only get more and more of this. If things go well, if not, then you probably don't want to be around me because I'm going to be absolutely <laughs> miserable and just, you know, not a person you want to be hanging around. So, so she knew what she was getting into. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, there was no, it wasn't like, you know, I I've had friends that they're married or dating and they have a regular job and then they start doing this and they start doing it more and more and more. And it's like, Hey, wh- what the fuck? Where are you? Wh- why yeah. are you? You know what I mean? And that's really tough. That's a tough. Yeah. Cause that's understandable for the other people in totally. that situation. Yeah. yeah. But for, for this, it was, you know, we knew up front, we knew we didn't live together. When we started dating, her kids were, uh, 
you know, I think they're both teenagers or one's a teenager now, but they were both really young. We knew that it wasn't going to be, we didn't want to involve the children. It wasn't going to, I grew up with a single mom. I, there was guys, you know, not a lot of them, but a few guys over the years that are kind of in your life, then they're out of your life. I never wanted to do that to a kid. I, especially a young kid, they, the situation with the dad, whatever, like I didn't want to get involved in that, nor did she want me to, be either which was perfect because it was like i can't you know i'm not gonna see these kids and they're like hey i like that guy and then i'm gone for two months and they're like hey what's what's the deal with this fucking idiot you know what i mean yeah um that inconsistency yeah 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 yeah. and and it was just like yeah yeah it's it's just great man it's it's been awesome and and is really like the the missing people don't get to miss you you don't miss somebody when they're gone for the day that um Classic saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's right. right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I, I subscribe to that too. I would, yeah. 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 They have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to absence makes the heart grow fonder on uh, YouTube. I wouldn't be surprised if it does exist. There has you to look be, up yeah. anything. It's definitely days, a it Twitter. Exists. Yeah. Um, the dry bar comedy, I just to shift here, I wanted to ask you if it was hard to keep it clean when you're doing things off the cuff. And obviously I've seen some of your other stuff where it's very much not that, you know, yeah. not that you're like a blue comic or whatever, but you definitely drop F bombs and whatever comes out, you know? So was that like a restraint that you had to be super aware of, or was it something that really wasn't that hard to turn off? Um, I do a lot of corporate stuff and I've done a lot of clean shows over the years. So it was just, it's just one filter. It's basically like normally I see something, I react to it. I don't really run it through a filter and I say what I say. If I say fuck, I say fuck. However it comes um, This, in this case, you think something, you go, okay, are there any fucks in this? <laughs> Get that out and then you say it. Or, you know, they're really strict. Like you can't even say, oh my God. And Really? Yeah. Oh, because of the religious connotations? Yeah. This yeah. is in like... Provo, Utah, Provo, Utah. They send you a package beforehand, including a video that you watch, uh, of everybody that said the wrong thing during a taping and what will happen. And they tell you flat out, like if you, and I, I didn't realize this, a guy I was touring with back then, he goes, you know, you say, Oh my God, a lot. Right. And I go, I do. He's like, yeah. Like if somebody (laughs) tells you something and you're, you'll go, Oh my God. And I go, oh, fuck. And he goes, you can't do that either. <laughs> like none of, you can't do any of these. And I, so I, the thing I was nervous the most about was not fuck or any, it was, oh my God. And well, there's a, there's many of those. Cause I often go, Jesus Christ. If I'm like frustrated with right. something and that oh, comes out be, and I don't even think of it. And they would stop your taping. They keep you crucified. Yeah, <laughs> stop. Which is like, you can't stop stand up comedy. Like that's the one you can't stop the show yeah. and then restart it. It's like you're, you need that momentum, that flow. So I was so nervous about the, Oh my God, um, beforehand, but yeah, it, that's it, a great answer. Cause I was well. not expecting that you would have something besides swearing that you were like frantically trying to avoid. The that's- swearing thing has never been an issue because of the corporates yeah. doing, doing the, you know, I did a corporate for value Mart one time at one of their stores and it was, people that were 85 down to 15 and it was like, (coughs) excuse me. It was, um, 
you know, like how do you make that wide range? And it had to be all clean. And so doing stuff like that over and over and over again, you just get to a point where you're like, you become adaptable. Yeah. This is this, I know, I know one, I know I have to put one filter on and then run it through. Oh my God. That's hard to, oh my God was my, and the night before I did one show the night before in Las Vegas and I got off and my buddy said, you said it three times. I go, I, I had, I thought I did zero. I thought I I go, I'm, I got off and I'm like, Oh, I didn't do it. And he goes, yeah, you said it three times. Damn. I know. No wonder you were worried. I was very nervous. Yeah. I'd be shitting my pants. Um, well, I guess, Oh, I actually wanted to talk about your new special because first of all, the name's very funny. I'm sorry. I'm not Kevin Hart. And that whole thing where you call the guy's girlfriend is hilarious. Uh, Yeah. That's so that actually is a year, almost a year old that came out last, uh, July. You don't have a newer special, right? No, 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 no. Um, But it is the first thing. Like if you go to my YouTube, I think it's still the first uh, video up there. It's like the, the introduction video or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm sorry. What was your, I'm so sorry. I Uh, cut you off there, but what was your question? Well, I was just going to ask if the length was intentional or not, because it is a shorter special. Yes. Which I know there were other comics doing 15, 20 minute specials and switching it up in that way. And I was just wondering if that was intentional or if it was just a set that went so well that you were like, I got to share this because this was just such an amazing interaction. It was, it was that one. It was, so it um, wasn't even intended to be a set. No, I I mean a special. I film every show. That was filmed in February of 2021, I think, because Kyle was not with me at the time. I was traveling with another guy or by myself. I would set up all the cameras and all the audio. I would load the footage after the show onto a hard drive. I'd bring all the shows back and give it to the guy who does the editing, and he would put it together for me. Um, so I was doing all of that. So this was just, uh, at a club in Tucson, Arizona. I just a random, I think it was the Friday early show or might've been the Friday late show Saturday, whatever it is. Um, no Saturday late show. Uh, and so I had done other shows there. They're all filmed. They're all, you know, whatever this moment happened with the guy's wife who goes to see Kevin Hart. The, the ending is me on the phone recording the message. It ends with like a standing ovation because I've, I basically did the wrap up within that, uh, like the, the going through everything is kind of within that thing. And so, um, uh, which is not no, which is not the end of the real, the real show. That wasn't the end. Oh, it keeps going. Yeah. The the real end is much later and there's much more. There's stuff we just cut out of the show that like didn't work or whatever. So we kept everything into that point and that became the end. And that's how, that's how we got to the time. It wasn't like a purpose, like on purpose, we want to hit 20 or 25. <coughs> it was like, let's see where we get. Well, let's cut it down. That's where we got to. And it was like, well, this is a natural. Yeah. It's got a ending. hilarious so, name for it. Too. Yeah. The name was everything. The name was like. What if I, what if I call this, um, something, something Kevin Hart. And then obviously it became the story. I'm not Kevin Hart. And then the name became the, a tour for a little while. So last year we toured for months on the, sorry, I'm not Kevin Hart comedy <laughs> tour. 
There you go. Yeah. So it was all based on that name and that one moment. And then we got clips out of it and and stuff like that. And then, and then, you know, it's very low budget. I mean, it's just literally me. I set up three cameras and a GoPro and a, um, and had the audio plugged into the board. And then I brought another one on stage with me. That's it. That's the entire, uh, setup. It looks good. Sounds good. Yeah. And, and that was the thing is it looked, looked and sounded like that. So good enough for a YouTube special. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, and Kevin didn't come after you for a percentage. <laughs> uh, he did not because, um, you know, it's, it's hard to divvy up a percentage of zero. <laughs> there, you know what I mean? There's nothing to come yeah, after. How much, how much of this would you like? I made zero from it. Uh, but that was one of the reasons, um, that we stopped doing the tour name was, uh, cause it was a great name and a great, and it got a lot of, uh, you know, good response, but I was like, man, I want to, I want to keep building. And eventually I feel like we could be in some sort of yeah, legal. If it gets too- yeah. And we actually, somebody, somebody sent me a message on Facebook messenger saying like, Hey, be careful. Um, and he sent me this list and Kevin Hart has his name trademark just his name so like the Jeez, use of like just Prince his or name something. yeah now we didn't have his face on it it was just his name like we it wasn't you know like me and kevin hart and i'm going like sorry i'm not him yeah so we didn't put his his much. face or anything we just had his name but i was like eh, we better not continue it's murky waters yeah, yeah yeah that could go sour pretty quick so we're coming person. we're trying to come up with a new uh tour name right now actually if you have any ideas Please drop those in the comments. And everyone should go check that out, the special we were talking about. Please. Sorry I'm not Kevin Hart, which I am, by the way. And uh, (laughs) sorry, not that I am. I didn't just announce that I am Kevin Hart. I'm sorry that I'm not. Uh, (laughs) Jeff Leeson Show, YouTube channel. Yeah, all your socials will come up at the beginning, too. All that stuff, like on screen. We throw them up right now again. There (laughs) you go. There they are again. (laughs) We can add Who does that? My son actually does. Your son? Yeah, I do all the basic editing, but he adds all the graphic stuff. Yeah. What's your son's name? Maverick. Maverick? Yeah. It's cool, you right? You named your son Maverick? I, I've never even seen Top Gun, so let's not even what? go there. No, I know. That. Oh, that's probably the bigger upset. What? <laughs> yeah, no, because everyone always says, oh, what? Like like Top Gun? And I go, oh, I know the character. I'm aware of it, but I've never seen Top Gun. Where did Maverick come from? Uh, an X-Men character, actually. That's how nerdy I am. He, he was in the Weapon X program with Wolverine and Sabretooth. Uh, he, his name's David North, I think. He's But... More, way more often people go to the Top Gun, right? Oh, all the time. No one ever gets the X-Men. Never? No, and and I didn't do it like that. I just, I thought it was a cool name anyways. So for me, it was just cool to know like, oh yeah. M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K. Not right to the R. No. Okay. And some people do it with just a K at the end. And I find that a little weird. Yeah. I've seen that at least once. Yeah. Get them out of here. Yeah. Maverick. That's a, what a fucking badass name. Maverick. Yeah. Middle name is Brian, like my dad, so. Maverick, Brian? No yeah. offense, Brian. I mean, Brian's a lovely name. You can't hold a candle to Maverick. God, yeah. I'm glad it comes second. It should be like Maverick Turbo or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to keep Maverick the- Brian. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I, I'm sorry, because his okay, name so is Brian. Settle down, settle down. I'm, yeah. You're right, you're right. Sorry, Brian. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not like Mortimer or something. There's, there's Maverick there. Mortimer Brian. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. What's your last name? Uh, well, I don't know if we should give my son's full name out on the. Oh no, the you're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. It's uh, just call him. Just look for Maverick. <laughs> I already gave his middle name. Yeah, 
We can always blur it no, out. No, we don't know his middle name. Who cares? He'll be 18 in a few years. He's fine. He's, an adult. he's doing graphics. He's he'll yeah. just throw up a different name. Yeah, he can put whatever name he wants. What uh, a wicked name, though. Yeah, well, I thought it was a cool name, yeah. At the time, yeah. I remember thinking... Do you have like, a dog? Uh, yeah, I do. What's I have your dog's dogs. name? If uh, your dog's name is Steve, this is going to be hilarious. No, I have a dog named Ziggy. Yes, really? Yeah. I know a comic named Ziggy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, what's your other dog? Uh, my other dog is Moxie. Moxie. Moxie She's and full Ziggy. of it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Good. And I had another dog the past couple of years ago named Midas. Like, Midas? Midas, yeah. Yeah. He was a cool cool. Golden pup. Retriever? No, he was a long-haired Dachshund, so like a wiener dog with long hair. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Nice. He's really soft. Chill chill dog once we got him neutered. Good for the hardwood floors, too. Sweet goes <laughs> off a little bit when he walks around. Oh, the worst was actually in the winter. He'd go out in the snow, and when he'd come back, he'd have just like all these snowballs frozen oh, yeah. to his fur, and then he'd have to just like sit and like melt. Yeah. <laughs> and then the floor, yeah, that's not good for the hardwood floor. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, well, all I got left is is fun, random questions that aren't like you know, comedy based or any of that. What time is that? Oh, we're, are we good? What time you got to be home? Well, okay, yeah, you're a night owl like me, anyways. Okay, uh, what is an <laughs> insult? You have to be home? Did you just ask <laughs> your father what time he has to be home? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to be respectful. If he's got where an early you, morning or something. Where do you live? Where does he have to go? <laughs> Does he have a curfew? He knows I'm an old man. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I'm falling over. I, well, there's been times where we've done really late podcasts, and then after he's kind of like, you know, it's 2 a.m. or something. Holy anyway. shit. How long do these go? How long have we been <laughs> No, here? that one started at like 11, I think. What time did we actually start rolling? Uh, about one hour, 50 minutes ago. Yeah, I figured we were. Holy shit. Well, oh I still want to run through a couple of these at least. These I are gotta, fast and I got to get home. Yeah, I want you to get sick. We got shows. Yeah. <laughs> I got a curfew. We got arcade to play maybe. And probably oh, like my God. Dude, we're going to be here all night, Brian. Fuck. Well, I get the coffee. <laughs> what's uh, what's an insult you've received that you're proud of? Oh, uh. <laughs> I thought that was a fun one. An insult I've received that I'm that somebody said to yes, me, th and they oh. meant it disparagingly, but you took it as like a badge of honor or something. You know, um, I wasn't sure if you'd have one for this, but damn. Uh, Remember that one guy said you wish recently. You wish. Yeah, do you remember what that was about? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> you wish. It was like about performing somewhere specific. Oh, man. Oh, you know what? This is going to... Now, I'll tell you exactly what you've done. Around 2 a.m., <laughs> I'm going to wake up in a cold sweat and be like, fuck, that's... Well, you know what, man? If you think of something like that and you just film it on your phone, send me the video clip, I can just put it in the episode. We'll just cut to that. <laughs> if you come up with a banger. Oh, man. The... The one that comes to mind, I'm not, it, this wasn't like a proud, this wasn't a proud one. It's just the funniest one, I think. It didn't really offend you or hurt you that no, much? No, no, not at all. Um, it was that I look like the least successful Baldwin brother. <laughs> <laughs> I but thought there was a few of them that are pretty unsuccessful. That's the, uh, that's to me the best part is You're they the did not say the name and they're not implying one. Yeah. They're saying of all the Baldwins, some are successful, some are not. Some are moderately. You look like the least yeah. of those on that uh, on that side. So you're like the one no one's even seen that doesn't even act. That's right. They lock yeah. them in the shed. Yeah, yeah. I'm a the Baldwin. Angus Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> Angus Baldwin. He owns a bakery. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that was fun. Good question, but I'm yeah, sorry. I liked it. Um, can you tell me about a time you got really lost? 
And I suppose like I could, in life or well, like directions? that's how I read it too. I was like, I don't know if I want to, how I want to pose. I'd say take it however you want to take it uh, geographically or emotionally. <laughs> it's pretty broad, I suppose. Well, t- we just got lost coming here. That's the most recent time <laughs> I've got true. lost. That's true. Everyone I ended up in somebody's it. parking space for a little while, and then you led me on a trek that I would never have been able to a do on my own. path, yeah. Yeah, just a uh, heads up to all future guests here. <laughs> uh, it's fucking impossible to find this place. The front door is, yeah, very misleading. Uh, all of it is misleading. I We went through a courtyard at one point. I think we were in a backyard of somebody. We had tea with that couple for a little bit. I mean, that was quite a... That was quite a track. Wow. Um, True journey. Uh, getting lost. <laughs> I've been lost so many times. Back in the day when, you know, I, it would uh, MapQuest. Oh, Map, yeah. Printing it MapQuest or what was the other one? Uh, uh, oh, there was another one. But anyway, you'd have to print yeah. a page. So there'd be times I'd be gone for a week or two. And I'm not kidding, like a binder full of page after page after page. And so the worst times I ever got lost were it would just say, turn on the road. (laughs) But there's no, first of all, you're on a road. And second of all, there is no other road to turn on. But you, it's so many things that you couldn't go through it to know that you don't know it until you're there. Already screwed. So yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot of those. Isn't it funny how like MapQuest at the time we thought we were so modern and cool compared to old fold-out maps, and now yeah. all that paper shit seems archaic and ridiculous. Oh my god, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But it was cutting still, edge. MapQuest. You know they still the sell maps, real maps. Really? Yeah. I guess that makes sense. There, yeah. There's got to be some benefit to topography or something if you're curious about. You can that. still get them at the Auto Club. But do you think a lot of people actually use them still? Every once in a while, like when I'm going to go somewhere, I'll still go and say, give me a map of Utah, you know, because I'm going there. I like to lay it out in the dining room table and have a good look at stuff. And, you know, even though I've got a huge monitor on my computer, still sometimes, you know, laying it out on the and staring at it and mm. getting a pen and making marks. and But not like in the car you would never use. No, it. <laughs> not in the car. No, I got this thing called GPS. Yeah. 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 I remember those original GPSs were terrible. Like, um, oh, the Garmin? Every, yeah, that Jero, kind of shit. Yeah. Whenever you got into the place that you were trying to find, like, oh, we're finally in Montreal, and now we're downtown, and the skyscrapers would fuck the signal. Yeah. And the time you need it the most, it just blanks out. No signal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I remember the first one I had uh, would... The fir- very first one I had, I remember, took me to a different town the first time. Like, I think... I forget exactly what state, but it was like whatever thing I put in, it was like one letter off, but you know how you had to, like, it wasn't like you could type three letters and then it would bring up all your selections. Like you had to physically, and it was like, you know, cherry, cherry Hill and cherry mill. Yeah. And I went to Cherry Mill and not Cherry Hill, like something like, you know, was something it drastically like that. far away from where you were supposed to be going. Uh, no, it was, I mean, it was probably a half hour. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Cherry Mill and Cherry Hill. I'll tell you exactly the worst time. This just, oh man. <laughs> I had an audition in Toronto. I lived in London, Ontario. I had an audition in Toronto and I thought I knew I was like I just need to know once I get to Toronto all I need to know is the directions from the 401 at this thing to the 
venue. That's all I need. Everything else, no problem. Uh, so I'm like, I can get myself to Toronto. So I get this shorter version of the map quest. I get in the car and I drive. I'm on the road like an hour and a half and I start seeing signs for uh, the border of the United States to cross in Windsor <laughs> into Shit. Detroit. And I'm like, that's weird. I thought <laughs> I'll say. I go. I thought. I thought this was the other way. Uh, I didn't realize these. I thought they were opposite. And and like you have no nothing. No phone. No you know whatever. And then I got even closer, and I'm like, ah oh, fuck. I th <laughs> there isn't even a sign for Trump. There's nothing. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing. And so. I had to get off, go up and uh, around, get back on the 401 and then call the audition people and be like, I'm going to be uh, very late and I don't know if I should still come. And yeah. So did you get to go to the audition still? Yeah. I was lucky in that the audition was at like one. And so this, <laughs> my dad's loving this. Yeah. Killing me. <laughs> this, yeah. I, I've not, I haven't thought about this in so long. That's so funny. They brought that up. But, um, yeah. So the audition was supposed to be at like one and this is at like 10, nine, like I left really early. So they bumped me to like three o'clock so that I was able to get there at four o'clock, like whatever. They're like, yeah, just come. Just <laughs> what a long day. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I did not get the part. I do remember that also certainly oh, was not sucks. worth it. It was just a life lesson. In the end. Yeah, it was. A, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely know which way Windsor yeah. is from London. Like, you know, if, if you need somebody. If you've seen the American to, flag, you've gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Also, if you don't see any Toronto signs for an hour and a half driving from London, also odds are you're going in the wrong. Yeah. 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 Never occurred to me, though. Never once. <laughs> After all the green signs, when I was like, hey, you know what? Toronto's big enough. They they know that I'm going the right way. They don't need to advertise. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't have to stand out. Wow. Yeah. That was a great answer. Um, what is the worst injury you've ever sustained? All right. Well, <laughs> this is, uh, I'm not proud of this. I just want you to know that up front, but. The worst injury I've ever had. Does this involve your junk? No. It seemed like that. that's where it was going. No, I've had a few of those in, I used to be a goalie. Oh. So I had a, a couple of, you know, you, you go down the wrong way and a puck hits you the wrong way. I've had a few of those, but they're more of like, you know, you, you just breathe for a few minutes or whatever. And then. If you got a jock strap, it's got to help. Yeah. Well, but every once in a while, it'll. Like oh, if you go to, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Or it'll hit you on the Brutal. side. So like there's a side, you know, the cup really goes down and around, like cups, the, the front and sort of bottom. If you get hit on the side, like if you're going, say doing a move, going to the left and it comes in from the side, it'll tap your side of your nutsack or the tap or, <laughs> yeah, or you the know, the side of, the of the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where those are like, ah, oh, and they just like, yeah, it's just a, rings through your spine for a few minutes and then kind of goes away. <laughs> yeah. Not great. It's not fun, but the worst injury as far as like something had to happen was right. Is it, can you see, is there like a, there's little, a little red mark? Yeah. There. Yeah. So that, um, I had to have stitches in my elbow, uh, from, I got in a, I was not a fighter, but how I old? 
grade eight. Oh, yeah. Valedictorian. So 12, 13. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I got in a fight. Dumbest reason to get in a fight ever. Uh, shouldn't have been in a fight. This is how I'll just tell you. I'm story. very curious. Yeah, about I know. I'll what just caused tell you the story. All right. So, uh, there's a, I'm in grade eight. There's a, a new guy that comes to our school and he looks like an adult. See, like he's not a kid. He looks like he could like be the, one of the teachers. <laughs> yeah. His first day, we all thought he was a new teacher, like a substitute or something. And everybody's like, who the fuck is the, the new, you know, the new teacher or whatever. But he turned out to be a, a new student. And, uh, I don't know, you know, everybody's nervous. You're a kid. You don't know what to do. So he, he wanted people to think he was like really kind of a tough you know guy and he would talk about fighting all the time and he would talk about on the weekends he gets almost like fight what he was really i guess describing was like fight club but like the way a kid would describe it and try to tell you that they're in it you know what i mean yeah. and this he kid wanted, was in grade eight too he was in grade eight but he looks like he's 25 I was say, years you're old. confusing him for a, a fully grown man okay. yeah and he's telling us that he fights so it was like a a little bit of a way to be like, hey, don't, f you know, I know I'm new here, but don't fuck with me. I'll fuck Wouldn't you up. looking like a fully grown man kind of take care of that already, you think, in grade eight? Yeah, there was a lot of guys that were like, I don't give a fuck what you look like. Yeah, I'm just going to rip Looking you. to pop off. Yeah. So, excuse me. So, uh, he comes in, you know, he's letting us all know that he's, he's a fighter or whatever. So for the most part, it's, it's all fine. After a little while and people get used to him, there's some... Uh, in uh like some things that don't add up about his stories you know like he he would come in and be like i watched my best friend get murdered or <laughs> like beat you know beat up or whatever on the weekend and you're like oh, it seems to happen every weekend yeah. like what's we grow we live in london ontario like where are these like, fucking yeah, I things dodged a couple ninja stars on yeah. the weekend so as boys do a couple guys think you know what i don't think you're that tough and i think you're full of shit and we should fight after school and so one guy steps up and absolutely whips his ass like the the adult guy i mean embarrassingly <laughs> second guy now he's got a bad reputation second guy steps up he says i'll fight you i don't give a shit and uh they fight the guy puts him you wrestling fan I mean, I loosely know. Bret Hart, sharpshooter. Okay, I know Bret Hart. Lock the legs. Okay. He did that in a real fight to him. Like, as a as an, I want to embarrass you type of move, which is like, normally a guy would have to go with it, let you lock his legs. He like literally- Just dominate Yeah, you. just, and so his reputation as this kind of tough guy was sort of dying down, right? So there's this other guy that was a troublemaker. We're in a class. We're all three of us in a class. This this new guy that fights is going on and on about, uh, you know, even though it was a, a fluke that he got put in the mm, sharpshooter. Of course. <laughs> so this other guy, Greg, uh, starts chirping the fighter guy and starts talking about how we could all whip your ass like you know you're you're nothing whatever and he goes pick anybody in here and i'll whip their ass and he goes i bet even jeff could whip your ass he doesn't fight now i have said nothing i'm just sitting there <laughs> he goes i bet even he could whip your ass and he doesn't he's not even he's not even a fighter and i'm like i'm like oh no no you know don't there's no need to we don't need to go that far. No, no. And I joke around and me and the guy that is the new guy are friends. So I go, Oh no, he, you know, he, whatever. And, uh, 
so he's going at Greg and Greg's going. So they're chirping each other back and forth. I'm thinking this is leading to a fight. And to, to be honest, I wouldn't have minded Greg getting knocked out. I, I would have been cheering <laughs> for the other guy in this scenario. So Greg, Greg goes, no, Jeff, you know, Jeff would whip your ass or whatever. And this, the other guy goes, no, there's no way. And I go, ah, you know, we're joking around. Anyway, he, he gets serious and he's like, I would fucking whip his ass. Now, when you're a boy and your testosterone's getting up for the most part, I can let it go and whatever. It just got to a point where it was like too much. Like, it, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah well, we don't know exactly what would happen. So let's not, you know, it wouldn't be a, I don't think it would be a, a mauling, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'd whip your ass. And, and eventually, uh, I, it just got to the point where your emotions take over and your ego or whatever it is kicks in. And I'm like, look, man, if I have to kick your ass, I'll kick your ass for this to stop. Like it just, it was too much, which I should not have done. And so, after, so then this Greg fucking guy, he pipes up and he's like, all right, after school, these guys are going, he kind of organizes this thing that happens out on the catwalk, which it's is like technically off. Yeah. Technically off of school property. So you could kind of, this is where all the fights took place and yeah. the, not the school would have nothing to do with it. So he organizes this thing. I go to the, the guy I'm supposed to fight and I go, we're not actually doing this right. Like this was just, you know, us chirp each other or whatever yeah. and he's like no we have to and i'm like we don't have to do this and he goes dude he's telling everybody like we're gonna look we're, we're gonna look terrible if we don't do this i'm like guy we, we do not anyway it gets to the point where now there's too many people there's too it's too high stakes uh, your whole school uh career is riding on it it's grade eight you're about to graduate i don't want to go into high school being the pussy who wouldn't you know what i mean like yeah. that's how you think as a as a well especially kid. back then that was a lot more normal i think it was and and it's like fueled by these you know boys that are all testosterone up and like yeah we want to see a fight so we go down to this catwalk and yeah, there's a fucking crowd around, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And, and in my mind, I'm like, I have never been in a fight before other than a hockey scuffle. I've never been in a real fight. I don't think I can fight. And if this guy does fight on the weekends, I'm about to die. This guy's going to kill me right now. And I don't know what to do. I've never thrown a punch. I've never pushed. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And so I, I, we're in this crowd and I get up. So only me and him can hear each other and I go, we don't have like we can just walk away right now and he goes dude we can't it's on and he steps back he looks down he comes forward and he punches me right in the face i have never i had never been punched in the face before and it was just like it was like one of those um you know triggers that go off in you that's like either you do something or this is going to continue Fight or get worse. Kind of thing. so i get hit uh, something snaps in my head I grab him. He's wearing a Batman t-shirt. I whip him into the fence and I'm holding the front of his t-shirt. I ripped it right off of the front of his body. <laughs> so he goes flying into the fence, gets up and is in half of a Batman shirt. So he has the back of a Batman <laughs> shirt on. And this part is his exposed chest while I'm standing there with a, with a piece of, you know, his shirt. Yeah. And so he comes back over to me and I grab the, I must have grabbed like the shoulder side or whatever. I throw him into the other side over here. He kind of goes down, rolls off. I don't know my strength. Like at this point, I'm not whipping him around, but I'm 
like, you know, that adrenaline rush comes over you. And I'm like, if I don't do this, I, he's going to kill me. Well, you just got punched in the face. Too. I, I like, also did. I, that was the big, like, yeah, you know, I mean, you're defending yourself to a degree. Yeah. He threw the first punch. He, you tried to deescalate it beforehand. <laughs> I, I did. I, you know, we should have never been at that catwalk, but nonetheless. Um, so anyway, I have him down and I'm, I'm now punching him, but he's, he's like, He's kind of not on all fours, but he's down where his face, he has to turn like that. So I'm trying to hit him in the face and he keeps turning. So I'm essentially punching him kind of in the, in the back of the head. And I'm like, fucking, I don't want to punch him in the head. Like I, I want to punch him in the face just to get him back for me, but I don't want to keep punching. You want to give him brain damage. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. And I don't want to, so I don't want to kill him or some, you know, so I kind of lean off for a second. He sort of turns and I'm about. I'm like, I'm taking one good swing and I hope I hit him. So I go to swing. He kind of ducks out of the way, sort of turns. I trip over him, then over the sidewalk. I hit the fence. I land in this little, it's like a little sort of ditch thing that had glass in it. Oh. I I land, so I'm I'm doing the, the punch, the follow through on the punch, but I trip. So I literally land right on this arm, like oh. right fully on the elbow, nothing else glass in there. I Damn. get up and I go, I go, <laughs> I get up and I'm now I'm mad because now I'm, this hurts and I've been punched in the face and I'm upset. And now I'm like just fuming. So I stand up and I go like that. And as soon as I do that, he looked at my arm and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Because this looked like it exploded. That's how, cause it was all mangled. So he, from his view, there's blood dripping down all over. So it looks like my bone may have gone yeah, like through my skin. Like he has no idea. And it's just covered in blood and he's like so we have to we have to like stop the fight stop thank god well, he did yeah that. but he's, um yeah and so that was and then i had to go to the go to the hospital get stitches um all that stuff and i mean it was it wasn't nearly as bad as it looked eventually but they did have to like so you know do the stitches and i couldn't move it for quite a while well that whole uh, encounter was still very riveting like i feel like the way you painted a picture there it was pretty cool, like ripping his shirt off and all that. You I know. mean, it was. Uh, there, you sounded like kind of a badass. There was, yeah, there was. I will say, there was a vote taken that said I won the fight, although it was called as a technicality, and I lost based on the fact I could not continue. Yeah, but it was, was not a sanctioned fight, so there was some. Uh, there were some murmurs around the school the next day that I, in fact, was the dominator of the of the fight, which he, of course, did not care for and tried to go again, which I absolutely uh, thoroughly refused. And, and we this never is the did. same dude who had already lost to the other two guys, right? Same guy, lost to two guys, also lost to another guy later on. And we walked home together that day and became friends. Uh, well, I mean, we nice were already, we were story. already, yeah, we were already friends. He's been to a couple shows actually, uh, this guy too. So like, you know, we have, we have no, uh, you got to give him points for perseverance though, for getting his ass kicked multiple times and just continuing. He just wanted that win. He so wanted that win. I don't think he ever quite got it. Um, well, it sounds like the closest was with you. That technicality was sort of a, he yeah, can, he can yeah. try to claim Although, that. Although again, I yeah, it sounds like can't stress this enough. I was voted the winner. I mean, I don't know if I mentioned that before, <laughs> but if if <laughs> there was a vote taken, it was unofficial. Uh, yeah. 
probably led by Greg. <laughs> that fuck. Fucking Greg. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's um That's the worst injury though. That's, that's the worst that's injury just as overall. far as like having to go to the hospital, stitches. Like I've never had a broken bone, thank God, and you know, stuff like that. But um yeah, that was the worst one as far as and it looked like yeah, at gnarly. first it looked like you know, my arm exploded, like my bone exploded through so my skin. So that's why I'm thinking you sounded and probably looked like such a badass because not only was it so gross, but you're the guy who's also still like, let's go. And yeah, you're still yeah. like Wolverine or something. Just want to keep sparring. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's and the look like, on his face on was, and I don't know what he's looking at, right? Because I mean, I can feel it, but you have so much adrenaline that you have no idea. Obviously, I know I've just fallen on my arm, but I'm just thinking I've scraped it. I yeah. don't realize that the he's intensity. looking at, you know, a full <laughs> explosion of blood all up his like arm. a madman now, still wanting to yeah. just get in on, yeah. get on so, with the fight. You, you know? know, he he thankfully stopped the fight, and uh, uh, I don't know how the bets... Greg was probably taking bets. I don't know how they paid out, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, There's two so. disqualifications you've talked about tonight. First, the cue cards, and now oh yeah, now the tripping yeah. on the glass. That's right. That's right. Disqualification has been a huge part of my uh, my life. It seems. Oh well, you, you've picked the right path. It would also seem with the comedy. I mean, uh, well, I've got a couple more weird random ones. Uh, what's the craziest conspiracy theory in your mind? And what is a conspiracy theory that you actually believe in? Oh, God. Unless well, that's too much of a rabbit hole to go down. Um, so what was the first one? Like I what's, got stuck what do on you it. think is the craziest conspiracy theory that some people seem to believe in? One that's gained some <laughs> traction, but it's just like... Um, the... Oh, man. Uh... I like part of me wants to say all of them. I've never heard w one that I mean. Well, some I mean, it depends if we're talking like like the Kennedy assassination. You're like, OK, yeah, it seems like there could have been some shady shit there. But birds aren't real. That was a thing for a while. I don't know if you ever yeah, heard of that. Uh, <laughs> that was proven I, to be some. There bullshit. was a what do they call them? Uh, lizard people living under the oh, city yeah. or something i heard that for a little while oh, i thought they were running the world that was the theory well they also i think there was a time where they said they created covid to keep everybody inside so they could get down into the sewers <laughs> you know there was, okay. there was a lot I of did that i hear this one um yeah uh <laughs> um I guess you already answered the other half of that question about believing in any of them. Well, the other half of that, there, there was a time. You're like, I'm a lizard person. Well, imagine. You take yeah. And I just disappear under the. Under yeah, the you find a sewer I didn't know about. Um, yeah. So during, during uh, COVID, during COVID, um, I went from touring all the time to like, no touring at all. I also, right before COVID, I left my, uh, I, I, I got rid of my apartment. I went to LA. So I was in LA, not living there, but we had a, my buddy and I, we had a, uh, Airbnb house that we rented for three months. We were doing that. Then we had probably, I don't know, 80, 85 cities booked on a tour from April, May, June, and a little bit of July. So we we're going all over the place. It was all ready to go. And then within two days when COVID happened, it's all gone. Right. Mm. So when I come back to Canada, I quarantine on my own in a hotel room for two weeks, but not touring, which was like, I'd never gone that long just in one 
place like for years. Yeah, totally different experience. Yeah. And then no shows at all for months. I started, unfortunately, my brain and my mind uh, started seeing like, you know what? I think they are fucking us here. I uh, this this government might be they I think they are. What is this all about? I started getting into that a little bit and and losing it a little bit because my you know, it was just the total opposite. So I got in like almost a real fight, but it was like definitely an argument with a really good friend of mine. We would never have, you know, argued like that and I was just being such an idiot. And at one I just remember at one point it was almost like waking up. Like I was like, what, what is going on here? Um, and I had to, you know, pull myself out of that pretty quick, but that was the closest I've ever come personally to like getting even remotely involved in that realm. And it was pretty scary for that. Shit was dividing so many people too. like, yeah, whatever part of it you're talking about, it was the most common thing I was seeing was just friends or family members and everyone was on one side or the other. It was, yeah, so crazy how you had to be so far in one camp or the other and there was no room for conversation you know yeah my my the the thing for me that started was that it was uh being it like it didn't have to be the way it is and they're doing it on they who's they exactly but they're doing the it lizard on people they're doing it on purpose yeah that, that was they're doing it on purpose why i have no reason they're just doing it on purpose to do it on purpose they want i don't know Right. Yeah. Like there was no answer, which is how, you know, it's stupid, but, <laughs> but there also, it was a time where I was like, you know, I'm 30 something years old because I left my apartment and because all of my income is gone. I had to, I, I moved some stuff into my mom's basement when I left. Now I'm living there at the, at the height of COVID because there's no, you know, there's nothing I'm doing. And I'm like slowly, like literally losing my mind or that's yeah. at least what I it think felt it was like. happening to a lot of people. Yeah. And it was, um, yeah, it was really wild. And like, cause normally, I mean, if somebody tells me a, a theory or whatever, I will listen and just let them go. Cause I'm fascinated. They believe it, but it doesn't change like the no end. No judgment just like, in a big deal. No, no, no. Yeah. I, that's what you think person. or whatever. Totally cool with it. And I love the way some people explain it. Cause I love a good story of mm. like, yeah, they're putting the chips in the, in the liquid. And then when it shoots out, it becomes a chip again or whatever they're, yeah. you know what I mean? And I'm like, fuck Yeah. This is, you know, where normally I'd be like, this is great entertainment. Now I'm starting to be every time. What's his name? Uh, what's his name for Doug Ford? Every time he'd be on TV, I'd be like, this fucking guy, he's not even wearing a mask. And he's telling, mm. you know, and now I'm so. Yeah, anyway. but then he swallowed a bee. So he got his. Did you ever see that footage? Swallowed a bee? No, yeah, I don't it was think on the so. news like four months ago or something like that. He was just like doing a press conference somewhere and just like, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, and that's then he amazing. says, oh, uh, swallowed a bee there. It's coming from the health sector. <laughs> I just swallowed a bee. Ah. <laughs> he, he like dictates ah, I what happened. swallowed a bee there. Yeah, you got to watch it. Oh, oh my man, God. that's so No, I've never seen that. Look at that shit tonight, man. You but yeah, that's the that time was the closest I've ever come to even getting involved in that. Otherwise, I am out of it. 
Yeah, these have been pretty fun, actually. You never know how the random questions are going to go, but these are great answers. Uh, something you wish you never saw? Uh, <laughs> like your grandmother <laughs> naked or something? No, I... I uh, uh, this is... If this is too bad, you can just take this out, right? Yeah, yeah. If you change your mind about it, yeah. And then we'll no, just No, have- I'm saying if you change your mind, I don't... I, my, my grandpa my grandpa died, <laughs> okay. right? Oh, this is a morbid story? Yeah. Oh, is right. No? No, I don't care. Should I not? This, my my this brother's is a, a funeral director, so... What's that? My brother's a funeral director. I've talked to him about some of that gnarly stuff. Yeah, my, uh, my grandma... They they didn't live together, so like when he died, she didn't see him, and then he got taken to the you know, so she never saw him, uh, dead. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, that's not funny, but she just you know, no. so she wanted to see, she wanted for closure. Yeah, she wanted to see it right, and but she didn't want to go alone. My mom wouldn't go, so I was like, I'll go. I should not have done that. I regret. That I should. I wish I never saw that. It was Damn. not, it was in a, how old were you at that time? Uh, I mean, I was in, I was in my twenties, oh, like okay. early twenties. I wasn't a kid, but, but it's someone you've seen so alive. Yeah. And it was, it, it was, um, not a, uh, hum like it, it, it was a human, but it was not a human. It's like a mannequin you know I mean? almost. Yeah. But like a melted one. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I don't know that I've ever seen a dead body, to be honest. I it was not a smart move. We both immediately regretted it. Okay, uh, they warned. I remember them saying, like, whoever the funeral person was was like, "Just so you know, you're not. He's not going to be what you remember, right?" Yeah. I feel like it should have been a little stronger. Like, uh, oh, this hey, is gonna, it looks like yeah. we left him in the sun. <laughs> Like it looks like he got microwave. Quite a f- yeah. Yeah. I left shit. him in the microwave along with my lunch this afternoon, and you should know that before you go down there <laughs> and horrify you and disclaimer. your grandson is what should have been said. Damn. Um, but yeah, and I think we both. I th- I think even though she needed that, I think she also sort, sort of. of regretted that, <laughs> and I wish I didn't. Yeah, I wish I didn't see that. Yeah, it's uh, I think it takes a different type of person to have to be able to deal with that on a daily basis. Like I said, my brother, oh, he, I, he's yeah. had to like embalm people and stuff. And like, yeah. I, I, I mean, kudos cause it needs to be done by someone. Right. It's, and, it, and there is a, a beauty to that service and providing that for someone who's grieving. And I understand that whole side of it, but I could never do that shit. <laughs> no, me neither. No, there's oh no, no. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Good for him. It's uh, some of the stories are definitely unsettling, but I, I actually work with another lady. She doesn't work there anymore. I don't think, but um, at the hospital and she, Prior to working at the hospital, she had like a painting service with her husband. And then right after that, they went somehow transitioned to a job where they would do like the cleanup at like, like crime scenes and shit like that. Like where people had died, they would like clean up all the blood or whatever. And she told me some pretty crazy shit that about like finding people that were like covered in flies head to toe because they've been in there for like weeks and the stench and yeah, pretty gross oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, or it's yeah. slippage, which is a thing where their like skin like comes off when you pull the arm because it's like not really fully attached anymore. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> and you were worried your story was going to be too graphic. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh god! A little squeamish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when someone's arm skin comes off. 
<laughs> That's my line. This must make your grandfather's story seem a little bit more. Yeah, actually, it was quite delightful <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> I'd do it again over having to hear that shit again. Oh, God damn. Well, you still managed to keep it funny and light there. I appreciate that. Uh, I guess that's pretty much it. I'm just going to ask you that. You went the other way on that. <laughs> you brought it around, though. You brought it around. <laughs> I'll ask you the season four question. We've asked everyone so far this season, and then we'll get out of here. It's uh, what is the shittiest job you've ever had? Oh, you hated the most. All right. The shitty, the one I hated the most? Or either or. Whatever you think fills that. Like, yeah. The one you would never want to do again that you fucking hated every minute of it. Yeah, we got quite a few choices here because I've hated all of them. <laughs> um, what's the worst one? What's the worst one? Sometimes it's a certain boss, too, that couldn't really do it. Solidify that decision, which is yeah, the worst. Yeah, you know, I was, I, was, I was really good at getting jobs. I was very good at getting them. I I uh, interviewed really well, and I think they always thought this guy's going to be here for quite a while. He's probably a hard worker. He presents himself well. But what they didn't know is I only needed the job for a certain amount of time until my tour dates picked back up again, and I was going to quit uh, or get fired. Either one, whatever came first. That was your dirty little secret that yeah. you would never tell. But them. I would sit in that. I would sit in that interview and be like, absolutely, I am dedicated to stocking the produce here for as long as you need me to be here. And then six months later, I'd be like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> I lied. Yeah. Um, the worst one. Uh, oh, man. The worst, yeah, the worst one was probably delivering coffee um, in Toronto. You know, they all, here's the thing. I hated all of them while I was there, but when I look back on them, they all played a significant role in where I am right now. So the thing I hated about delivering coffee, when I say delivering coffee, it wasn't like cups of coffee. It was like, going to a, a business and restocking their coffee machine oh, that okay. they make Some all day. Some guys do that for chips or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And this was coffee. So yeah, I did not only bring new coffee and stock it and all their creamer and all that shit, but also you had to clean the machines and open them up. And it was just like, they were dirty every day because it's all coffee grinds get all over the place and yeah. whatever. So um, the the it was in Toronto. I didn't have a car. It was a subway and I had to start at 7 a.m., start at 7 a.m., which means get to the subway, get on the subway, ride all the way there at six, you know, whatever to start at seven. I hated it so much. Um, and I hated the reason I wanted the job is after your two or three week training, you got your own truck and you were just by yourself. So I didn't have anybody to you know, looking over yeah, me. That's I pretty like, sweet. Yeah. I like those kind of jobs, but the actual work of the job was just like people, if, if their coffee machine wasn't working and you were two, five minutes late, I mean, you got like, where the fuck have you been stairs or, you know, like Caffeine it was, just, up yeah, it ass. was brutal. Um, but, but as bad as it was, it, I believe was the last real regular job I ever had. And the reason was, the owner was this old man and it's called Mr. Coffee. 
Sorry to call you out like this, but it was called Mr. <laughs> Coffee. Uh, this isn't bad, but the owner, uh, who was an older gentleman, um, there was a, f- a factory, a warehouse where you would come and pick up your all of your stuff, and that's where your truck would be parked, and you'd load it up and head out for the day, and that's where you'd go back at the end of the day, right? In that warehouse, he kept his boat, this beautiful, uh, you know, not a motor, not like a little boat, like a, not a yacht either, but you know, a boat that you would attach to a car, drive and then get in and then you drive it around. But it was like really nice leather seats, beautiful boat. And he kept it in that warehouse. And I would come in at seven in the morning to deliver this shit fucking coffee. And I'd look at this guy's boat and I'd be like, I can't believe I'm here doing all this shit. And this guy's got a boat. He's not here and he's got a boat. I know he had to build all this. I get that. But I'm fucking paying for his boat, which I wasn't. I was, you know, $15 an hour or whatever. It's not paying for his boat. No, but, but he's sleeping in somewhere. That's probably. right. And he gets bed. to use that boat. He gets to take that to his lake or his wherever, or cottage, cottage or yeah. whatever the hell he's doing. And uh, I I would look at this boat every day and I'd be like, I, I, I do not want to be working to pay for someone else to have a boat in a warehouse. I want a boat. I want my own boat. So whatever I have to do in my life for me to have a boat instead of paying for this guy's boat. And he was like a nice gentleman. He wasn't an asshole. It, and it wasn't about him. It was about that fucking boat and what it represented. And I said, I, I would much rather not be here and do something for myself so that someday I can have that boat and keep it in my own warehouse or wherever I keep the warehouse. I don't, even, I don't even like boating. It's I don't like want, a mixture of envy and respect. Yeah. I res, yeah, respect what you built, but I, 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 I don't want to be the guy giving you your boat. I want yeah. my own boat. And which I don't, I could can't give two shits about a boat. I, I would never even use a boat, but, I but it was saying. what it represented. The boat right? is a placeholder. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would stare at it every day, every day I would come in and eventually I thought, Hey man, what if you kept the same hours as you're doing now. You start at 7 a.m., you go till 4.30 p.m., but instead of coming here and delivering coffee, what if you got up and you tried to book a show? What if you spent all day booking shows, booking tours, doing promo, doing marketing, doing whatever you got to do? Surely if you did that for this amount of hours and you put the 45, 50 hours a week in that you're delivering coffee to give him a boat, surely if you did that for yourself, would you not eventually get a boat? Would you not, would that not eventually, you know, would you not eventually make at least what you're making here, but it's for you and doing something you want to do. Yeah. And I left that job. I kept the same exact hours. I started every morning at 7am. I didn't have to get on the subway. I just would walk out to the, the living room or the kitchen table or my desk or whatever, get on the thing. By the end of the first week of doing that, when I left there, I had made $2,000 in corporate bookings the biggest I had ever made in my life to that. I could not believe it. And that was just like deposits. Those were just from, you know, five or six shows, whatever I booked. Those were, just, that's what I had by Friday of the first week. And I was like, huh, maybe we're onto something here. Well, that's because you were able to stay strict with yourself. It sounds like that, because a lot of people would be so tempted if they're just at home to be like, well, maybe I'll start at nine, you know? And that's right. And that's slip, what I did. Slip, slip. Every other job I ever had when I got fired or quit, 
I was like, oh, great. I don't have to, I don't have to get up get comfy today. Again, yeah. yeah. So I'll get up at nine. I'll, I'll go for a little walk or I'll have a little shower and a breakfast and we'll by 11, we'll get started. Well, by 11, uh, you know, what's, why don't I just flip on a, a quick, uh, episode of something. And now it's 12 o'clock and I still haven't started. And now it's two o'clock and I've been on my computer, but I haven't really done anything. And then it's three like, 30. Yeah, the nap sounds pretty yeah. sweet. And then at four, <laughs> I send five emails and I go, nobody's getting back to me today. Cause they're on their way home. Meanwhile, I've yeah. just started. Now we got to cycle through it the next day. And then you go, well, fuck, this doesn't work. This, yeah. the, you know, I, I'll never make it. it you, I've tried everything. No, you didn't. You didn't try, you know, actual hours. This is a job. This is a job. This is a business. And it's not, you know, go out, have a show, do 20 minutes, have some drinks, eat your chicken wings, go home and expect that you're, you're going to get what something. you want. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. And um, yeah, so that was... The worst job, but ended up being the best. Uh, Helped you manifest where you are now. Absolutely. And the other job I was thinking of was a, a sales job that I had, um, which was I didn't. I, I I still don't know what we were selling. I <laughs> I don't know what we were selling. It was just like weird acronyms and stuff. It was it was something to do with calling companies that do business in America and they export things or import things or whatever. And you could get them money back that they overcharged them. I don't know how, I don't know why. Yeah, sounds like a nightmare. It was like a loophole <laughs> they found in the system and they hired a bunch of guys to sell it. I don't, and I'm whatever I'm explaining to you isn't even the re, like that's the base level of like, but how do you sell that one question? And I'm like, I don't know, you yeah. know, <laughs> so out right away. but what it did was they had a database of, I think, 7,000 companies across North America. And I would go in every day. And instead of finding companies to call to sell to, I'd go in, find a contact email, go home and email them about doing corporate shows. Uh, and that's how I booked my first maybe five corporate shows in my, that's incredible. In my career <laughs> was all because of that. So, you know, when you look back on it in the time, in the moment, you're like, fuck, I hate this and I don't want to get up and go there. But then, now you look back on it and go, well, I kind of needed. Yeah, but it know. takes a lot of thinking outside the box on your part, too, that I wouldn't discredit yourself, you know? Yeah, I think Not it's illegal in that. some way, yeah, I was it, you know what I mean? But it's been long enough and yeah. I don't know if the company's still around and uh, who gives a shit? It worked, so. Well, we'll end on that note, man. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> yeah, we'll end on that legal, uh, <laughs> legal blunder there at the end. This has been really fun, man. I appreciate you coming. Yeah, thank I you know for you're having touring me. Like crazy, so it means even that much more that you're willing to take the time out and stay this long and all that. So. No, this was uh, this was great. Thank you, thank you, Brian, uh, for everything as well. Uh, it'd be amazing if right now he was like, "Okay, uh, I forgot to turn everything on." <laughs> We've had some stuff like that happen oh, yeah. in the early how, days. How many times have we, uh, yeah. you know, you film something or you do something, but it's all it's all part of it. And congrats on all this. This is really cool. Thank you, man. Good I really for you appreciate for doing that. this. This thank is you. like, you know, a lot of people think about doing stuff like this uh, or maybe they do one or two but they don't keep it going or they find reasons to not 
do it or, you know, this isn't working or whatever. But I mean, you've set this up. You've got somebody running it that actually gives a shit. I well, mean, me and my dad, you know, yeah, we could spend lots of time together doing this. And yeah, uh, you know, before you were working, before you retired and I was busy having kids and stuff. So, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it's been a nice little pocket to fall into and we've had so many cool people stop by and yeah, I couldn't be more thankful. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for but you. Thank and, you again for coming, man. Anytime, we high five man. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Let's oh. do it. That's it. Bye-bye.